Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, your host as always, being joined by co-host Destin Soglo Frazier. It's Talk Brunch. You know what that means. Damn right. We had quite the interesting pay-per-view show last night because of a, well, post-show, not show, the actual show was shit, but at least the pay-per-view <laughs> post-show was good. I'm not going to lie and say that the actual show was. If you haven't watched it, watch it so you can get the jokes that we tell on this show. Welcome everybody listening across all the various platforms tonight, all of our buddies over on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podcast Attic, and all the other various podcatcher apps, as well as the video feeds over at twitch.tv slash talkbrunch and facebook.com slash gaming slash talkbrunch, or however you may choose to go to it, as well as talkbrunch.com. We'll shout you guys out personally later in the evening. I started watching Elevation just to have it on in the background during uh, that hour leading into Raw. And it's an okay show. I just think that, like, they probably don't need something leading into Raw and then overlapping Raw the way that they have it. At least that's the way that I see thought it. about um, what kind of makes Dark and Elevation, I guess, fit more. And what's that? So... Is, I was thinking about it um, when we mentioned the fact that Andrade got released last night, and then thinking about Alistair Black and Keith Lee, how those guys are pretty much just not being used. Right. Dark and Elevation, for AEW, it works for them because it eliminates that possibility. Because I thought about it, I was thinking about it earlier today. And what I like about it is now in AEW, nobody could ever be like, oh, I'm not being, because some of these guys, you know, they just show up there. It's not even about the money. It's not about the TV time. Some of these guys just want to wrestle. So it kind of works out like, hey, there's nothing for you on the main show. But guess what? If you guys just want to go, we got two other shows for you. Well, I think that so money does have to come into play, rusty, though. Nobody gets rusty. Nobody gets stir-crazy. So I kind of can see at least it's serving its purpose in that way. Yeah, but Superstar's a main event or that for WWE. There's no difference there. Yeah. See, but they... They 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 they'll, they'll have a, they'll have somebody be like a top guy one moment and then they're on like superstars the next. Whereas like AEW, it seems like either it's new guys coming up through there or okay, you're finished with this angle, hang out there for a bit till we got something back for you. Or some guys just go to main event and they're just stuck there. Sugar Shane, what's up? Yeah, maybe. I I to me, I think that the problem, at least for me as a viewer, is that there being too much wrestling. You know, I yeah, think that yeah, they're that, saturating the market. <laughs> They're oversaturating the market. It's completely the opposite. I remember when I started this in the early episodes, having to dig, you know, it was like finding loot in Destiny. It was like we had your Raw and your SmackDown, and it was like, oh, look, we found some FCWs. Oh, shit, look, the NXTs from the Performance Center. There was an Evolve. You guys want to get the Evolve? Ring of Honor's doing a paper. It was like a rare thing that you can now. It was like a blessing that you could stack content almost. Now it's kind of like what's going to get left out, what's going to get left behind, what aren't we going to cover? Because there's just so fucking much of it. And when you saturate the market like that, that's not good either. 
like I do the show because, you know, I know it's, an, it's our content and we have our community that's entertaining. But on be honest, if it wasn't for what we're doing, I wouldn't watch this much wrestling. There's no way I wouldn't. I don't think right now without the talk brunch community, I'd be watching anything at all as far as in wrestling content goes. Even the stuff that's good isn't as good as the stuff when I was watching that I was really into. So I have like a sense of obligation where I'm doing it, but I, I feel for a lot of fans. But the difference with them is they kind of can cherry pick, you know, they don't always catch raw. You know, they don't always have to watch everything. They can just sort of catch clips and catch up, you know? Yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense. You don't enjoy so, it. You don't enjoy it as much when it's just all over the place. Yeah, I, I and I really don't. So, I mean, this time it'll be better, though. I think there are certain matches that are good, and I do enjoy when we come on here and we get to banter and joke about it, you know? Oh, yeah, that's that's that you that always tends to make it worth it, at least for me. Yeah, like that's actually to me more entertaining in itself than the actual products that we're covering. You know, as sad as that is. It'd be like that. But yeah, since you brought it up, the Andrade situation, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's been going on with that, huh? Let's look through the yeah. uh, program and take it step by step and then come to a conclusion here. Uh, I guess step one would be to put his face on the screen. <laughs> anyway, yes, Andrade, where he is, there he is, there he is, Andrade. Uh, so it was reported about a week ago and we talked about it last night that they finally granted his release we we opened up the beginning of the uh the post show with that we said we're going to discuss it today so basically he uh he said the rumors are true and i don't know what the future holds but i want to make my dreams come true thank you for giving me so much support these last days this was in regards to the rumors of him requesting his release that was march 18th reported from ringside uh the following day, and this is where people started to come to conclusion, Charlotte was removed from the WrestleMania poster, apparently. I guess, right? So let's have a look at the difference in poster so we could see how deliberate this is. I guess I'd like to come to my own conclusion with the evidence that we have in front of us. So this was the original Mania poster before the Andrade release. Okay. And now let's go for the after image. Bring that up on our queue here. I mean, obviously she's not going to be there. I guess we're looking for some sort of deliberation. Hey, just kind of clipped her out. Snip. They poochie her. <laughs> she got poochie. I don't know if it was poochie for the... for. Well, anyway, the investigation continues into the missing Charlotte. So she was removed from the Mania poster. After that, people started to speculate on interest in Andrade joining AEW, including yourself, because uh, you just brought up the advantages that he would have if he was over at AEW. So people are wondering, is Andrade going to be all in? And Melser's quoted as saying that someday, you know, Japan business will be back. I hate having to read Melser quotes because I feel like I'm reading wrong, but he's just talking wrong. Someday, you know, Japan business will be back. At some point, AEW is going to want to bring someone new in and he would be talented. So it's like in the long run, June, maybe that time comes up, you know, AEW have another hour of TV and who knows what else is going to happen. In that sense, I'm not worried for him. I wasn't too bad. Yeah. I feel like I feel like if I had to pick anywhere for him to go, it'd be Japan. I think Japan would be a better choice than AEW right now, man. AEW's not looking good to me. Like if I had to pick one, that's the fucking one it would be, you know, not the one that it is. Truth be told, it's like even if they were looking good, like just the fact that so much history with Lij, like it makes perfect sense. He tweeted out, "I want to I want to thank Triple H, Paul Heyman, and William Regal for all the years and great support that they gave me." All these years, also to the fans who were always supporting me, a big hug to all the talent and workers who always behaved kindly to me. So he was very grateful in that sense. And it was being reported that uh, 
And this is a big turnaround from when they first denied him. Apparently, he can use the name Andrade, but he can't use the CN Almas, which is ironic because that's the part that they don't use. So he can be Andrade just like he was here, but he can't be Andrade CN Almas. They can't have done that on purpose. That has to just be a legal thing. What I'm guessing happened here is that they originally copyrighted Andrade Cien Almas when they got him, and then they shortened it to Andrade. But they didn't copyright that, which would be hard to do. It's a single name. So now as a result, just because of the remaining copyright they have for Cien Almas, he can only be Andrade, which works in his favor since that's what they made him. Yeah. And according to F4W Online, they said Andrade has, has no 90-day compete clause anymore associated with his release at all. He can just start wrestling right now. So the original rumor going around, and it was a crazy rumor. I don't know if you heard this rumor, but oh God, it might have. people were saying that it was because Charlotte demanded that Andrade uh, be granted his release. And that essentially uh, they basically said something to her like they would give him his release if, if uh, she puts her WrestleMania spot on the line, like in exchange for her spot expecting her to not want to give up her WrestleMania spot for him. And in turn, she did. And then after she gave up her WrestleMania spot, uh, they in turn released him and that Ric Flair was 100% behind this. And this is the reason why there was no non-compete clause. Now, I will say this. It's strange, don't you think? Really is. That it went from being declined to uh, not only getting your fucking release accepted but to not have a compete clause he could show up somewhere tomorrow i, so I found that very telling no compete clauses and then the timing of her being uh gone from that poster and then earlier today it was reported this afternoon that she was removed from raw completely removed from raw so then people said well that timing is uh is very interesting and this is definitely because of this speculated rumor about her going to battle for her man against the corporation and stuff during raw tonight figured it's a good idea to keep an eye on charlotte that's usually how i managed to break this news she tweets i know everyone has been wondering where i've been i tested positive for covid and have been home resting thank you everyone for your love so someone's lying either the rumor the people who came up with that rumor i forget where it came. i think it was 4chan or some shit so i would take it with a grain of salt or anywhere or at least someone said it was 4chan <laughs> the rumor that this whole crazy dramatic thing happened with the way just played or she'd been sick this whole time i don't know if she had been sick this whole time it's still pretty impressive because then that leaves the question how come he his release was granted and they took off the 90-day compete clause they don't do that for anybody yeah that's the part that's like kind of up in the air for me like it's like i said we've seen people who do like backstage interviews get 90 day no compete clause and they're like they don't even compete like what do you mean so it's like why was why is it just like all right cool you were released on monday you can wrestle on tuesday like what it's two conflicting stories is what we have going on here two completely conflicted stories yeah <laughs> uh what would you be inclined to believe happened i mean if you just had to speculate there's really even no way at this point without tin foiling it i'm even going to check the sheets while we're here see if anybody any credible sources threw anything out there so oh, I got the one thing i don't know i don't know that charlotte demanded it like just be like you have to get it was like maybe just asking him like i mean you're not going to use him so can you just let him go but then when we talk about him, uh, her basically being off the WrestleMania poster, 
off of Raw. I mean, WrestleMania is only three weeks away, so... And I guess like well, I don't know if we know exactly how long it was that she had COVID. She had COVID. I mean, she'd been gone for a little bit. So wouldn't she been be cleared by WrestleMania? Like, why would they take her off of the yeah. poster? They didn't even want to admit that Roman was gone when he left on his own will. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know. Like, it's I'm scrolling it's the sheets now. Cause yeah, it's like it seemed like they were getting ready to run back her, her and Oscar again and. As we've seen from tonight, that plan clearly changed. So, like, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to think. The only thing I think that might be kind of inaccurate, I, could, I couldn't see her just, like, kicking in the door and just be like, get him his release now. Like, But then, uh, I don't know. There's, there's so many things that need answers to where it's like there's, there's too many holes in this right now. So it's kind of hard to, like, if you point one thing out, then it leaves a hole in something else. And it's just uh, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, I agree with you there. No, I don't see anything, though. I don't see anything else that's come out with that. I mean, so it's hard to really determine. And then just, isn't it just odd for them to just take somebody off of a poster? Because, I mean, I've seen people on posters where it's like, wait, but they're not even on the card. I've seen people on posters and they're not even in the company. Right. <laughs> they're just there on the poster. You will want to take... No one would question Charlotte being on the cover of anything WWE-related, that there was that level of urgency to remove her. You know, but according to her, and this broke recently, she has COVID. Is it hard? Is it is it such a hard thing for us to believe and buy into the possibility that she has COVID? Oh, that is extremely realistic. It is. Melissa was talking about the fact that uh, a week or two. Yeah, Melissa was talking about the fact that there's. Listen, this time at full sale, it went all over the place. Which we're going to get into. Like, it's not like usual. Like, there's a lot of people right now that tested positive. Like, the wave that you guys thought was going to hit before seems to have hit them now. So, that's the bigger issue here. So, I wouldn't rule out the fact that this is happening, you know? Apparently, they tested last Friday, and then it was Saturday that word got out that they were positive. And then Sunday, there were, like, a lot of them, according to Melsa, you know? Yeah, I haven't heard specific names. I've heard it was rough. You haven't heard any specific names? So far, all I've heard was that it was a lot of people that tested positive. Yeah. I could give one specific name that tested positive that they're keeping very quiet and hush-hush about right now. And that's if Triple you do H. It, I swear to God. Triple H is positive right now. Oh, okay. I, I, swore, I thought you were going for the John Cena drop. I really did. No, no. It's Triple H. Triple H is positive. So now, just knowing that, and I know that for a fact. It's not like all the other things where you got to speculate. It's 100% Triple H is positive. Think about the amount of people that would be around Triple H. You know what I mean? Like a gorilla and shit and they're running NXT. So we know that there's a substantial amount of people and that it's enough that it's even Triple H. You know, they said his situation is being kept secretive, but he's quarantining. But not that he has COVID, apparently, but he missed the last Raw in NXT. So no, to clear up, he's not sick, but he was definitely around the person who was. So we can kind of... If it's not him, because that doesn't mean he wasn't, but if it's not him, then who would have been around him that would have gotten him sick, you know? Someone else who's in Gorilla. And there's a lot of people in Gorilla. And those people in Gorilla are on a lot of other people. I don't know if it's HBK. I mean, they said Triple H's situation being kept secretive, so we can't confirm he has it. We can confirm he was exposed. I don't want to say he has it. We're going to clarify what I said previously. People who were exposed. Being exposed is different from having it, you know? Still risky, but definitely different. Yeah, so 
that is a problem. That could be what happened in Charlotte. You know, I know that's it's not as dramatic as everybody was hoping that she fought for a man, but that could be what happened in Charlotte. The WWE, they're going to be going for WrestleMania, and they actually have you sign a waiver in case you die and shit. You know that? Wow. All right, I'm not even kidding. You sign this thing that says like <clears throat> if you if you die from COVID here, then uh, you know, sorry, but that's your fault. Guys, like the fucking BP guard from South Park. We're sorry. It, it basically says that you cannot sue us if COVID kills you, and you understand that it's contagious and that. If it kills you, you're dead, but that's on you. I'm speaking in layman's terms in regards to what you guys, in regards to what this is. If you want to hear how it's put in lawyer talk, which basically means what I said, it says, I recognize that the novel coronavirus COVID-19 has been declared a worldwide pandemic by the World Health Organization and that an inherent risk of exposure to COVID-19 or other related or varied similar infectious disease collectively, quote unquote, COVID exists in any public place where people are present. I further recognize that COVID is extremely contagious and can lead to severe illness and death and is believed to spread mainly from person-to-person contact. As a result, federal, state, and local governments and health agencies recommend social distancing and have in many locations prohibited the congregation of groups of people. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, senior citizens and guests with underlying medical conditions are especially vulnerable. I acknowledge that the venue has put in place preventative measures to reduce the spread of COVID at the event and that I must follow all posted instructions and other verbal or written instructions while in attendance, including but not limited to wearing a mask at all times following social distancing instructions and cleaning hands frequently how the fuck are you going to do that during a pay-per-view but anyway however the released parties cannot guarantee that i will not become infected with covid by attending the event i voluntarily assume all risks related to the exposure to covid by purchase or possession of a ticket to the event i acknowledge the contagious nature of covid and voluntarily assume the risk that i may be exposed to or infected by covid by attending the event and that such exposure or infection may result in personal injury illness personal disability and death i understand that the risk of becoming exposed to or infected by covid at the event may may result from the actions omissions or negligence of myself and others including but not limited to performers event employees volunteers and patrons and their families i agree not to enter or come near the venue if i feel sick in any way i fully and forever Waive any and all claims, suits, actions, causes of of action, liabilities, losses, and demands, quote-unquote claims, against the release parties and fully and forever release, discharge, covenant not to sue the release parties from any and all claims and any and all liability or responsibility for any loss, injury, illness, and or any damage, including death, I may sustain in any manner arising from or related to the activity, including without limitation, any claims arising from or related to the negligent acts or omissions of the release parties or other event participants or attendees. They cover their bases. If you fucking die, you die. Short <laughs> short terms, kids. <laughs> they die, want they you to be. be able to die and no matter what fucking happens, <laughs> they're just going to have nothing to do with it. This is what's in the terms that is written in this contract. So to put into perspective, if you were to catch least- COVID, according to this long shit that I just read, <laughs> It's on you completely. 
So to put it in perspective how much we almost saved y'all that first part, I was able to go and get a drink and he wasn't even halfway done. <laughs> you didn't hear me unplug everything, but I had the speakers blasted. I'm, I'm on the way to the kitchen. Like, this motherfucker's still going. <laughs> Just because I got curious. I was like, fuck it. Let's see if I can test it. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I got. I didn't know how I long it was when I was reading it. Sat back down, popped my soda, and he was already halfway fucking done. They want to make sure that you can catch an infectious disease and die without costing them money. And it's smart, too. You got to admit, because can you imagine the lawsuit? Like, what if everybody who went to WrestleMania caught COVID? You know, holy shit. They'll be like, we caught COVID. Our family died. Our children are all are orphaned. And then they could be like, you recognize that COVID is an extremely contagious and that it could lead to severe illness and death and that is believed to spread madly from person to person contact. And as a result, a federal, state, and local government and health agency recommend the social distancing and have many locations prohibited to congregation of groups of people. And you knew it. You knew it. You signed it. This is your fucking signature like right here. Second, I was like, is this motherfucker about to read it again? I wouldn't read the whole thing. I wanted to panic you, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know it and then they'll make you sign it that's the thing <laughs> you know that's the thing they'll make you sign that shit because you know what people are like i can't believe he read it i can't believe the amount of people that won't they get their wrestlemania tickets they sign they slide that shit over to them and they just give them their johnny hancock that is unreal give us your hancock or you're watching on peacock wow that's what it is how much is this pay-per-view worth Two fifty or your life? What do you stake? Your two fifty or your fucking existence in this world? They literally did the ring equivocal to when like a new dick pill comes out and it's like warning may cause dizziness, disorientation, split personalities, dimensional portals, rifts in time. You know, diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, listen. If you want a big dick, you gotta risk another dimension. And just for the record, write it down, 250 or die. 250 or die. Even if they said the coast, and that's what blows my mind about people. Even if they said the coast is clear, I wouldn't believe them. You know what I mean? Like, who would believe them that the coast is clear? They'll tell you, don't take that vaccine, don't trust it. But then if they tell you that the coast is clear, you'll believe that? Why? Why would you believe that? Fuck that, I don't trust it either way. Because people are gullible. You know? Charlotte getting sick probably scared the shit out of them and then, you know, everybody getting exposed. Man. But they are giving out, according to John Alba, aside from the seeding pods, he said that they're going to be giving free masks for fans. And when you get there, you get a mask. They're all cane masks, though, just because those were overstocked. But <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> no, they're all new fiend masks. They're all Sin Cara mask. Those are overstocked. They, they, remember they, had a lot, they had a lot of faith in him, man. He was coming out with Triple H. He was like, look, Triple H's first acquisition. And now they're stuck with all these masks. Comes with a spraying pinky. People always trying to wonder why the fuck is Matt Riddle smoking into a Sin Cara mask? Oh, my God. I had to find a use for these, bro. You get so high, you lose your faith. Max capacity for each night of WrestleMania is going to be 25,000. So I guess they're going to try to total at 50K between the two nights with the seating pods. And the masks. And of course, that signature in case anything happens and kills you. Good talk. If your pod leaks, it's on you. Can you imagine that? <laughs> it happens. It's like when fucking air comes out of a tire. <laughs> 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 
do you bring do you bring the plant the, the, the spare duct tape? Electric tape up the fucking door. Get the shit. It'll become like a cartoon too. Like once they cover one, I'll say, and it's on the other side. Oh shit! Next thing you know, it's the main event. They can't do jack shit. I can't see shit. But at least you're COVID free. Why'd you bring electric tape to the fucking restaurant? And, and even if you're not, you sign that paper. Oh my god. You better not shit you can't see and you catch COVID and you catch COVID. Everything went wrong. For you, not them. Alright, anyway, that's fucking depressing. As much as we added humor to it. That's the world we live in. We live in an actual world where you have to worry about distance and pods and stuff, man. I keep saying that if I had, I, I would love, I, if the only thing that we need is time travel. I really wish there was time travel. And not because I would want to go back and, and really change anything, but just because of how cool it would be. You know, like, wouldn't you want to do it? Let's like, like if we had time machines, we'd be able to get dressed up, right? Put on our mask and stuff and then travel back to past us and just be like, we're from a future where there's a terrible freaking pandemic that spread across the whole globe and we're the survivors. This is how we dress. <laughs> See how your past self would react to that. Oh my god, my past self wouldn't be, know what the fuck to do. My past self like, would be my past self would be sitting here right now trying to figure out how to fucking get the Wi-Fi to come in right. And then I would just be like, "Yep, that's it, man. This is the this is the post-apocalyptic, the Stan slash Stephen King world that we live in." And uh enjoy WrestleMania 27. It all goes downhill from here. <laughs> And just portal out. No advice, nothing. Just leave myself bewildered. Anyway, moving along. Charlie Caruso. I know everybody's been waiting here about Charlie Caruso, right? How did she become a thing? Smoking hot, right? Incredible. A whole bunch of different things have happened here. The first thing is she has heat. So you know how that story usually ends. Oh, God. Next thing you know, you're fucking in retribution. She was late for interviews, according to Fightful Select. She was supposed to be doing interviews for Raw for randy orton and sheamus these were specific instances that this happened and uh they decided to take her off of television as a result of that they are also saying that there was this time where she was on raw talk apparently this is angered many people (laughs) she was on raw talk uh they brought in this guy kevin patrick to replace her from that because of the fact that they had damian priest on and uh, apparently it was suggested that Damien Priest cha- make his nickname DP. And she was like, oh, I like DP. Oh, my God. And they didn't like that. Bitch, you walked right into it. Damn. I wish we had the clip. I wish I would have fished the clip just because I would need to see. <laughs> not because I care about. I, need, I would need to see the look on her face to see if she meant that she liked the name DP. I like DP as the name for Damien Priest. And it went over her head. Kind of like the joke that they, down, by the way, people. kind of like the joke that they do with uh, Beth Phoenix and and Brizango, where she's always like, "These guys told me when they came out here that I need to have my pipes cleaned," and, you know, but kind of like, <laughs> but a for, like a for real version of that shit. Like maybe she literally just meant, "I like DP," like I like Damian Priest, and didn't think about it. But I, I would be able to tell by her expression if she was jokingly, like if she if the, if she was like fucking with them, like I like DP to mess with the show, which is still funny. I don't know why I would get her heat. What about that time that fucking, uh, why is the name escaping me now? Remember Cynthia Comtwat? Oh my God. <laughs> Who was it that did that? God, that's my age from the that. Lou Albino. There you go, Destin. Thank you. Remember when he did that interview 
And he was obsessed with Elizabeth, and they asked him in the interview how they know that he's cured, and they said he saw a therapist called Cynthia Comtwat. <laughs> and, and it's such a crazy thing, because I've seen that interview so many times when I was a kid. Like, we had stuff like that on VHS, and I remember seeing it. And it wasn't until that episode of Botchamania where they put it down there with the white subtitle that my mind was blown. <laughs> And it was like, oh, shit, whoa, whoa. Like, how is it? I can't even, like, I remember rewinding it and looking at the first time being like, did he impose that in there somehow? Was it an audio drop? Like, it looks real. And it was like, holy shit. And I just came to the conclusion. My, like, my young mind must have just sat there like an idiot. And this guy said, Cynthia, come to And I'm just listening. <laughs> that is brilliant. You know what I mean? But he didn't get fired. And, you know, I'm sure that, there, dude, there had to be people in that locker room, including management, that knew that Lou Albino had said Cynthia, come to right? And they're like, what in the fuck? Like, it's understandable because us, because we were kids. But for them, there's no way people had that shit happen. So, and no one fired him because it was a way to get away with it. You know, you didn't, you technically didn't say come or twat. You said Cynthia come twat. It's like when you say peacock, the peacock now, we're not actually saying cock, it's in the word, but Cynthia come twat was brilliant when you really think about it. All she did was say, I like DP, and that gets her heat. There had to be more to it than that. It's <laughs> the sad part, is I doubt it. So we got away with fucking Cynthia Comtois. I'll never forget that, man. My, I'm, I'm, like, that moment of botchamania just fucked me. I was like, what? This couldn't have been the way it really was. He took for granted that people just wouldn't think about that, you know? Maybe that's what happened here. It's kind of like, that's such a brilliant thing to do, too. You know, it's too bad that we... That, that used to be... The world used to be so much fun to be able to do shit like that. Now these fucking snowflakes falling apart crying when he run outside and shit. Can you imagine how how great that was for uh people who were watching with their kids it's almost like when you watch like a disney movie or a cartoon or something like a pixar and there's like a little inside joke in there for the adults it's like nudge nudge but the kids won't get it can you imagine watching wrestling with like the parents with the kids and this guy says cynthia come twat and the parents have to knock corpse on that shit because you were your kid you just <laughs> yo at that point fucking i know i failed the parent in that moment can you imagine mom looking over to dad? There'd be like that momentary eye contact because you can't do anything. I just hear it now, Cynthia, come to our... What was that, honey? No, nothing, nothing. You gotta wait, you gotta wait till the kids go to bed and laugh your ass off with that shit. I gotta see if I could get this. Just because we talked about oh, it so much that it would, it would be silly not to get it. It's you two probably... Like, they probably take this kind of shit down, right? I would fucking hope not. With some of the shit that's still on YouTube. <laughs> I kind of thought about that the other day because I was watching a compilation of just like dirty jokes and cartoons you didn't get. Man, there's been some shit in my childhood. Especially the old cartoons. Oh, dude, there was, there was a fucking... What was that thing from The Simpsons when it was like older Bart, I think it slept with Miss Hoover or something like that? And he was just like, I see why they call you Miss Hoover. And it was like, oh, God. Yeah, man. It makes sense now. Pat Patterson was the interviewer here. God. Was this was Pat Patterson the interview in my memory? I hope he was. Oh, tell me he was. I mean, I see him here, but I'm wondering if this is the review because of the fact he's here. I'm hoping I got the right one. Anybody remember if Pat Patterson was the one for the Cynthia Comtois? I wonder if there's other. I think by now they would have found it if there were other instances of uh, of things like that happening that we didn't notice when we were kids, right? You would think so, right? I hope so. Imagine if that's what there's a whole field out there of things like that. You know, a whole field of Bart Simpson-esque most tavern jokes that have been inserted into promos for the future. <laughs> <laughs> like a time capsule. 
for us to go open up. Let me see if this is the if this is the one. I don't know what I just grabbed. You're going to meet. Now, they're telling me that he can speak a little bit. Lou, relax. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. Lou, they tell me that in Montreal, he's going to meet Randy Savage August the 18th at the forum for the belt. Yes, for the belt. And before, he was distracted by Elizabeth. But now, we sent him to a sex therapist, Cynthia Comtrot. And she said, definitely, (laughs) that. (laughs) He's cured. He now will not be distracted by a... Hold on. I can't can't fucking believe the balls that took. I wish this was... This was had a higher definition so I could just catch their faces. Don't get upset. Don't get upset. Lou, they tell me that in Montreal, he's going to meet Randy Savage August the 18th at the Forum for the belt. Yes, for the belt. And before, he was distracted by Elizabeth. But now, we sent him to a sex therapist... Cynthia, come to us, and she said definitely that. <laughs> Yo, I could see Patterson corpsed right before it zoomed out. He started corpsing. I caught him. I was waiting to see. I was like, "There's no way, no one fucking corpsing right, right, right." Look, 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 look. You could see he starts to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> He's sure he now will not be distracted by Elizabeth. He now knows that Elizabeth is his downfall, and he's now ready and prepared. That is so good. Wait in French. Monsieur, mademoiselle, qu'est-ce qu'il vous donne la vie? Oh, Oh my God! It's like there's no way everybody makes it out of that one alive. Like, oh, somebody's falling apart. Cynthia Comtois. Good God. Nah, this is way too old to be South Park. I wonder what that figure is on his shirt. That's a good question. He's talking about this. For anybody who didn't catch it the first time, bring it back up on screen. By the way, Shane, oh, wait, how's, how's, how's the audio doing? I, I upgraded my studio over here recently. We've gone through a full overhaul in the last few months. I yeah, felt look that at it now. That, yeah, that's just him. Okay. Oh. oh. Yeah, I kind of felt that it was getting old school having big desk and yetis around. I wanted to say we wanted to get a little more compact, and Stasis sort of insisted. So it was like, yeah, it's probably that time. As I say, it's with a fold-out desk and a yeti in my face right now. Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I still love that. That microphone is always going to be very special. It's like the, the the start of everything. I may, who knows? Maybe I'll do a giveaway oh, yeah. or maybe or something signature signed Rick Dara Yeti. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Yeti. I knew you were fucking going to do it. The Yeti. That is the best. All right. What else do we got? We've got still doing Charlie Caruso here. So hold on. Let's get back to Charlie before we just put her to bed for uh, for saying she likes being DP. Or I'm sorry, she likes DP. <laughs> Ferudian slip. My Ferudian slip is showing. Charlie Caruso, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, some people saying the dirty joke according to this program. I mean, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt. I'd like to think they're not that anal now. But people were wondering if she can wind up in AEW. Uh biggest reason her and tony khan are friends it's not like it would just be her walking into strange territory it would be her calling up a friend of hers and asking to go to AEW. you know like as a matter of fact it's reported that it was tony khan who's the one who took charlie caruso to smackdown in the first place back in 2016 where she met mark carano and got into the job that she got so it's not just like she kind of knows tony khan he was close enough to her that they went to smackdown together and he introduced her to mark carano and got her a job there if he's nice enough to do that, just as a buddy hanging out for her SmackDown, I imagine that the guy now 
you know, who hires freaking Marco Stunt and all these other guys would take Charlie, right? Right. Which ironically, Charlie, Charlie took Charlie took over for uh, freaking Brandy. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's Brandy's replacement. Damn. They're dropping like flies over there. She's one so, uh, but remember, she's also part of ESPN. So she still has, she's been doing double duty, kind of like Renee with Fox. Like, she's also still an ESPN correspondent. She still has a 90-day compete clause with WWE, so she might want to phone Charlotte, at least if the rumors are are true. You know, call Charlotte. <laughs> oh, my God. It's going to be the new fucking Morgan and Morgan. Flair and Flair. You know? There you go. They fight for everybody. But uh, apparently Ringside found out According to them, they were saying that uh, the backstage heat was 100% true and that it's not just her screwing up call times and being late for interviews. They say that the quote is, she's just generally unpleasant to be around and management got tired of it. I wonder how, right? Yeah, because I mean, with a lot of these commentators, when you see them in the interviews, that's usually an extension of themselves, but... No, I'm not saying I don't believe them. I'm just wondering what yeah. what the what the level of unpleasantry was. You know what I mean? Like when they say she was unpleasant to be around, like what she just like slapped people's lunch trays onto the floor. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like I wish there was a little. I, I'm sure more will come out, but I wonder what the unpleasantness was, where people would literally word it that ah, she's just unpleasant to be around. It's better when this she's not. Incredible visual, by the way. What? Oh, just her slapping, slapping lunch trays out of people's just face. being that cliche bullying, right? Wears a spike jacket. Looks nothing like this normally. Her makeup's all black and shit. Black lipstick. She looks like a fucking greaser off a camera. She's just all badass. Maybe she was unpleasant to get fired. Fuck this shit. Oh, I don't know. You would love to be around her because of what you see. What if she was a bitch? Right? You ain't never heard of you on skin deep? They could have just not clicked. Something will come up. They probably yeah. didn't have her sign the same thing they had people like Arn sign. Because people like Arn Anderson, like people that have been producers and stuff there that you're like waiting to hear their future, they actually have to sign something that literally says, you can't go writing like any tell-all books or giving away any secrets or telling the truth about what happened. <laughs> so you'll never hear from those guys. You got a question if that's in a Charlie Caruso contract. Yeah, no. But yeah, they didn't like her. They didn't really care at all. Just gave her the boot? Mm-hmm. We'll have to see how that one goes. They kept Kayla. Paul Heyman actually made a comment on, I think, on the most recent Raw Talk or something. Kayla Braxton couldn't pronounce someone's name. I forget who. Uh, <laughs> and, he, and he was like, we got rid of the wrong girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot who David was, but yeah, that shit was awful. Before they even confirmed, they got rid of her. So, uh, recently, WWE's corporate trainer, Michael A. Montefort, Hopefully I'm saying his name right. He posted a few Instagram videos of him at the gym. One of the videos was with Vince. And hey God, uh, have we heard the stories about Vince's worked out routines? Yeah. So I had the Vince video. I figured I would show you guys. Why not, right? Who wouldn't want to see Vince at the gym? But there's Vince getting his shit in at the gym. It says leg day. We did leg press and hack squats before doing 20 reps and five plates on each side. 10 reps with six, five reps with seven before trying out our one RM. Total 22 45 pound plates. In case you guys are wondering what Vince has been doing with his spare time. Oh, that's right. So, all right, there you go. I ain't doing that shit. I'm about to say, even at his age, Vince is a freak in the gym. Like, like I was saying, I ain't doing that shit. So you, again, <laughs> no, remind no, me no. all those stories about the, the things that he's sick or whatever. I don't know. Good for him. 
I'm I'm okay, I'm convinced. Yeah. I'm still Team Vince. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I want to be able seen, to do that kind of shit at his age. I'm seeing what I've seen my whole life. Still, the same way I've seen it my whole life. Still, so until that changes, you know, there he is. That is fucking freakish. Yeah. If that's Vince sick, holy shit! Some of y'all out there need to get together. Sick. He's oh, fine. But it just that just makes it look worse. For the people who are like, "Oh, you heard Vince is sick," and I was like, "Yo, if that's him sick, y'all need to get it together." Like, yeah, good really. Lord. Maybe he slowed down. As obviously anybody yeah. would. Maybe kind of just wearing down a little bit. But I think that's about it. Looks good to me. Oh yeah. Anyway, I just figured I'd bring a little bit of pleasant tree there. Fun seeing Vince doing his thing. Anyway, what else we got on the program here? Oh, God. So we got a couple of things here first that involve Jim Cornette. Oh, God. Let's start with the first one. Apparently, this has to do with Tony Khan on that Elevation program we were talking about, right? Tony Khan had a promo on there? Yeah, he did a little um, little thing with Kenny Omega. It must have been after 8 and I switched to Raw or something. I'm going to check this out and link you guys. Kenny, that was absolute crap. I never wanted to be in this position. I never wanted to be here, but you made a promise. You already went back in a gentleman's agreement once. You made a promise to him. You said you were going to give him a match. That was BS. He had just gone through two matches, and you can't even promise people matches. I make the matches, and I'm going to tell you right now, Kenny, nine days from tonight, you have time to get ready, Matt. Nine days from tonight, you have to wrestle in nine days from tonight on Dynamite, live on Dynamite. You have to wrestle him. Yeah, if you this. win, if you beat him, you get a shot at the title. There you go. Tony Khan's You forced me to do Just it. Just edit this out. If you don't like it, cut it. Cut it. Edit it out. I'm not doing it. It's too late. I'm not doing it. Then you shouldn't have said it. <laughs> I just love it. I just love that ending. Edit it out. It's just not happening. Look at his face. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh boy, I don't know how I feel about this. This is the first time I'm seeing. I love I love not coming on here, just having experienced any of the stuff, man. Right? <laughs> it was awkward. I'm not, there's no fucking question about that. It was oh, awkward. No. Yeah, it was. This is one of those ones where I have to see it again, but we don't have the time for me to really put my stamp on what's happening here. But I'm really curious to hear what Cornette had to say about this. So we'll run into this, and then we'll we'll have an opinion, I guess, afterwards. Yeah. Let's have us to look here. Um, what else did I watch? Oh, Tony Khan's done a promo. What in the wide world of sports was that? It's on. Is it under YouTube show? It was on, I believe, the new one with Paul White hosting with Shivani. I think it's Dark Elevation. And they must be high. <laughs> um, and they it's it's Twinkle Toes and Matt Seidel have done something. And then here comes Tony Khan out on stage looking like a disheveled, coked up school teacher who's at his wits end about his unruly class and said a lot of words in a short period of time, including the phrase nine days from tonight, about 16 times and made a match. So now he's the on camera commissioner. Is this I guess where this is going? Well, they're saying that it's a one-time thing. 
possibly due to how the one-time thing turned out. And some of the people who are defending it are saying, well, it wasn't on TV, it was on their YouTube show. But boy, was that embarrassing. I've heard people compare it to Herb Abrams. I actually thought he sounded... Herb Abrams sounded more grown up. He sounded like a frantic Todd Gordon. You know, yes. except, except Todd Gordon at least looked professional. Todd Gordon yes. didn't come out there looking like a slob. Kenny, I'll tell you something. You broke the shit. Ah, Kenny. Ah. Oh, my God. And everyone's afraid to tell him this is a bad idea. Don't do this. I thought they'd already told him that. Well, I thought his, his statement was he was never going to be an on-air person. Right. And then they excused it with impact, which, of course, won me a bet not too long ago where I said he would be on air by the end of the year, and he was. But they said, well, that's Impact, and it's a paid commercial. It's a different promotion. But I, I still got the victory because he was an on-air character. Now he's on air in this role on AEW. And boy, it'd be one thing, too, if he was still dressed in a suit trying to pretend like he's professional with his little skinny tie and everything. But he was having a nervous breakdown. I mean, it, 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 it was it was like... A fan had gotten the opportunity to do what he had always dreamed of doing on national television, and he freaked out and was having a nervous breakdown trying to do it. That is what it looked like. Oh, did I just describe what it was? I'm sorry. I, oh, boy. I don't. Dixie Carter was a better TV character than Tony. To some people just don't need to be on television. Nice, demon. He's Gordon uh, Scazzari with better social skills. I like Dixie. I will. <laughs> that's, that's like being the nicest guy in prison. And a bunch of people again, hey, folks, you got to keep up on your obscure wrestling trivia if you want to be in with the, the in folks in the cult of Cornette. Uh, how did Gordon Scazzari end up committed to a mental institution? That's right. Okay. Good luck, Tony. <laughs> It sounded weird. It sounded awkward. You 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 have to admit that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. It you know what it is? It sounded like he had. It sounded like he thought at least to the beginning and then the end, but not in the middle. Like he, he knew where he was strange. going, just not quite how to get there. And yeah, Dixie was very well spoken. She was a generic baby face, and I really was entertained by Dixie Land the heel. She became that southern. She became real southern after she turned. I was like, oh man, look at that southern charm showing. What a bitch! This is great. I think it's just I love the Dixie's decision making, like hiring back Russo. And it was just like, what the fuck? But yeah, at the time, Sting <laughs> was in charge, man, and it's like his. He, she, she made his Joker paint frown. She would drive him so crazy. His hair was turning gray and shit, man. She was like, suck my Dixie. <laughs> she didn't. She had no fucks to give. All she cared about was EC3 and Rockstar Spud. It was a great day. Even though it went terribly wrong, she took that table bump like a G. I remember that the the Bully Ray one, man. Yeah, where she was fucked up after that, right? The poor girl completely missed the table. Yeah, she nearly died. And shoot, and shoot broke her back. <laughs> yep, and shoot made her humble. <laughs> Got out of business not too far after that. Oh, you motherfucker. I still get her problems to this day, even for taking that bump, even though it went wrong. I was like, holy shit, that's a high, high up place to be. Oh, there's definitely a level of props to be taken. Oh, yeah. I got some scary um, shit right there. Fucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little awkward. You let, I don't... you let Bubba Ray Dudley's big ass drive you through a table from that high up? I would say that Tony Khan seems very comfortable when he's doing the impact things. Yeah, right? but then again, 
then again, he, then again, he's probably betting on nobody as he's saying that yet. So, I guess that's different from coming out in front of the dozens and dozens of fans. I guess yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a little different when you know people are actually going to see you. you. Get a tad nervous. Yeah, but what are they doing? Retakes. Yeah. Oh, you know, you, you want to be able to get people who could get things done on the first take. Yeah, yeah, I do better, Tony. Yeah, I do better. Yeah, you know. You can't. Sign I don't know. Me. I'm not going to assume that it, that is pre-tape. You know, like I said, it's really important to get things on the on the first tape. You know, like in my in my original episodes, one of one of my co-hosts, he would like when we taped this, he would want to do takes of the intro because to get the timing right. I guess it was like you know, at our very novice times, he would want to get the timing right. And it's kind of like when you're doing things live, you don't get to get the timing right, and you just have to spit it out. You know, but you gotta feel that shit. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, uh, while we're on the topic of cornet. Last week's story was about him versus Kip, Miro, and Penelope, and all the stuff they said about him. And he, since then, he's come back with a, with a clip, and I use the term clip loosely because you're not going to be able to hear this here. It is like 56 minutes. Oh my god! Like you have to time for that shit of him roasting them. Um. I'll go through a little, we'll click a little bit of it here. Apparently, we've buried the lead here because apparently the headline is that an AEW superstar has threatened me with either physical or sexual assault. The way it was worded, we're not actually sure. And and it it is all Ridiculous. over. Let's jump ahead. My critique Get to oh, the insults, amateurish outlaw wrestling. That's what I said Six layer about Nero and his little group. Well, apparently, apparently, Miro got on Twitter, and this is apparently what started this whole cavalcade. And by the way, also, I found it ironic. Isn't it ironic? Miro's the one that tweeted this. This is nobody gives a shit about these people. Miro's the one that's threatening me, but I'm the one that starts trending. Did you notice that? Well, he did trend first, and then everything shifted to you. Well, of course. Well, there you go. <laughs> safe, safe bet every time. But oh, we talked about it on here last week, also. And uh, he he mentioned exactly what I suspected that when he was talking about the presentation of the characters, when he was saying, you know, his slutty girlfriend, like he wasn't calling the person a slut because obviously he doesn't know her, which is the impression that I got. But yeah, he talked about how he was judging the character, like he wasn't really talking about her. Whether or not you believe that is subjective. Let's jump a little bit ahead to what happened here. That sounds vaguely sexual. Has he been making some of them Lars Sullivan videos? What is this? Oh, come goddamn! On. Come on. Anyway, he wants to come like God's wrath on me. He said, you understand? I'll personally drive to your basement. <laughs> Is he saying he's homeless? And if I will give him a room in my basement, he will he will come here at his own expense? No, of course not. He's threatening me with violence or sexual assault, depending on what coming like God's wrath means. And... You know, they're awful sensitive over there at the all-inclusive AEW compound about everybody feeling good and having a a nice environment, and this guy wants to come all over me like God's wrath. (laughs) (laughs) But then Pip, Pip chimed in, Pip chimed in on Twitter. I've got his, oh, no, this was, this was not on Twitter. Actually, I think he, 
he said something on Twitter, but it nobody understood it and it made no point. But he he got on Twitch and he's we don't have to worry about it. He talking about me is definitely gonna die at some point soon. Then we can all like dance, we can have a celebration. That'll probably be one of the first times on the internet that I'll post something like a celebratory post, you know? And I mean that. I'm not even joking. I'm deadly serious. I cannot wait for that man to die. Boy, little Pip has an anger issue, doesn't he? I haven't (laughs) experienced and enjoyed legitimate venom like that since the 80s. That's fucking kind of giving me fucking goosebumps. He did have one angry Kip tweet that I saw where he said he would ride angry shotgun Kip. with Miro to your basement. Yes, he would. He would ride shotgun because I don't think he's got a driver's license. He's not old enough yet. But he would. He would ride shotgun to the basement. And you know that. Hey, Pip. For one thing, you're talking to a guy that used to save his death threats for fucking souvenirs. But also, I really I enjoyed that. As 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 a longtime heel, but again, wow! Do you think maybe Tony Khan should invest in a counselor to come and talk to his locker room because it sounds like they've got a lot of unresolved anger issue? You know, they always seem pissed off for such a happy company, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, every time I see them, they're salty or pissed about something. But you know what? When you go and listen to this whole thing on your own time, you're going to f- realize like even the stuff he said just felt like satire. Like he was just, he was working. He sounds like he's working to me. Like it doesn't sound like he really has animosity towards these people. I don't think he takes them seriously enough to be as angry as they are. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Like a little bit too much. Like, man, they're taking their role. They're like Bret Hart serious about this shit. You know? Everybody needs Ooh. to relax. Tell everybody to be cool. Not just that so who, if you had to, if you had to pick someone at fault here, who do you think it would be? Oh, like I, you know, on one hand, yeah, definitely with it being satire and talking about the characters, yeah, I, I can definitely understand that. But then again, at the same time, like this has kind of been my thing with Cornette. Sometimes it just feels like it's just shots for the sake of shots. Like no, like where it's like we we'll we'll, we'll crack jokes here about somebody's character but then at the same time it's like seeing that if you do this it'll fix it with some well, he, always gives, in, I think, he always gives creative criticism that's creative criticism i i, I can't he, say that he doesn't but then give sometimes people. the shots just feel wild some days like and it's like the problem with that is that sometimes you rub people the wrong way like now you could be them being too touchy but at the same time maybe that struck a nerve yeah it's definitely possible because you never know sometimes really something that you could think is just joke and just poking fun i could probably strike a nerve with somebody so yeah no i could definitely see that i mean i definitely uh, see it from both angles don't get me wrong but i mean they they have to have tougher skin if they're going to be in the wrestling business though you know yeah definitely everybody gets on me for oh he wishes death on people you know every time that i say oh you know i think that guy ought to be boiled in oil and have his fat sold for soap then i follow it up with yeah i, I i'm serious i i really mean that i would i'll i'll fill the water up in the cauldron i want him to die i'm going to <laughs> I'm going to try to boil him. So I think maybe, you know, for heaven's sake, Tony, get a, you've got a medical staff there. Get a, a counselor for the anger issues and the unresolved pent-up frustrations that these people have. And then Penelope Pitstop, why, she got on Twitter, and she's got a smart little mouth on her, that little chickadee does. 
and, and, and said rude and vulgar things about me and Stacy, who is not, by the way, a public figure. Yeah, I definitely can understand. Something like, yeah, sometimes people are just poking fun. Sometimes people are just cracking jokes. But then you never know what might strike a nerve. And it's unfortunate sometimes the stuff that you might find funny. I, I kind of do wish that it just didn't happen, that people just didn't take stuff so seriously. But then again, we can't say what somebody can and can't like. Pretty much what's what can and can't offend somebody, I guess. At least to an extent. Right. Because there's, there's some stuff where it's like, how in the Sam Hill did you get mad? But then there's some stuff where it's like, I can understand, like, if you say that, how it could strike a nerve. Yeah, no, I see. Exactly and then again, the gift, and cur- the gift and curse with Cornette is sometimes he will strike a hell of a nerve. Because May he's not good on the mic. Mean to, but sometimes he will. They don't like to admit it, but he's really good on the mic. He is. You know, and they taste salt because of that shit seemed that a lot of this was because they assumed that I was calling her a slut because that was her gimmick on the television, which apparently means that Dennis Condry, you say, I think I struck a nerve there somewhere. But then she responded by bringing horrible slut shaming verbiage that she's learned from the low class individual's that she hangs out with and applying it to my wife, who did I mention is not a public figure, which, of course, I merely laugh at because, (laughs) by the way, did I mention I'm a fucking heel and I haven't heard this much legitimate venom from people in years. However, apparently what they were doing was they were kicking back old Miro and Pip and Penelope Pitstop. They were hanging out. They were playing some video games, tipping back some white claws down there in Pip's (laughs) mom's basement. (laughs) And they heard that I had mentioned their names in a review. And naturally they scrambled to their playstations to see what that I had said about them and were upset about this. And I just mentioned what I had said and some things that they said and the threats that they issued. And, and once again, uh, to come on me, to come uh, on him with the rest <laughs> of broken God, English, Nero man. Otherwise I'll be frightening someone of a smaller and more elderly nature, shame upon him. And all of the, AEW chuds, you know, the cosplay humanoid underground dwellers are hopping on me for being sexist by calling old Penelope Pitstop a slut when in actuality, I just mentioned that it was a little middle school. What did I, well, wait a minute. Let me get my exact, was it middle school or high school? Let me get my exact verbiage up here. I want to make sure we don't misrepresent anything. Ah. A kid that looks like he's in middle school and his slutty girlfriend. So if indeed I'm calling her a slut and it's to be believed, then is Pip Sabian still in middle school? How many years has he been left back? I thought that was the gimmick that they were going for. I thought that's the look they were looking for. Because if you look up any picture, any publicity picture of Pip and Penelope, You see him there, a diminutive, slappable-faced, high-school-looking, uncircumcised prick, and his slutty girlfriend. That's the look. That's the gimmick. He was just talking about the gimmick. At least I I believe him as far as that goes. If for some reason something in her personal and private life that they know that I don't 
has suddenly struck a nerve with them that they have just jumped all over this. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't have time to keep track of your personal affairs. I know on television, for example, when they had the wedding, she didn't look like Laura Ingalls Wilder on the set of Little House on the Prairie in that wedding dress. And, you know, if honestly, if old Penelope was offended by that review, thank goodness. Number one, thank goodness she was never an actual heel in wrestling. Because the girls that were heels in wrestling and uh, considered it a, a good night when they came back without catching spit in the face or some guy taking a swing at them. It's kind of funny. I think to me, and, and this probably went over the head, but the biggest insult of all I would have taken from it, especially from someone like Cornette, is him saying, if Penelope was ever actually a heel in wrestling, like he didn't even mean that shit as an insult, but that's how far from him considering her actually being someone in wrestling is that she is a heel in wrestling. But in his mind, like if she ever had to be in wrestling and actually be a heel, like that sucks because that wasn't even voluntary. Jesus, civvy to him. Oh boy. But yeah, this apparently Miro deleted his tweets. There's rumors that people in upper management AEW told them not to associate with him so i guess they said ignore him and he'll go away sticks and stones motherfucker yeah well hopefully that shit stops now that one side has been called off yeah like too much drama in the world already we don't need more of it mm-hmm, sure don't everybody just live and let live so in other news big Cass returned to wrestling huh he was an swe yeah. fury but he did not come alone. No, Big Cass comes with his new valet, apparently from what I'm seeing here, Melina. Yeah. And holy crap, he is a great shape. Wow, that is a rough camera. Someone got the nosebleed seats at an indie show? <laughs> the struggle is great. That is the struggle right there, boy. They're so far away that their camera can't even zoom in enough. What are they at? The school across the street? Then he reveals himself. I see he came out completely masked. And there's Melina. Somebody said horn shocker. Got a good reaction. Too long. 
I mean, first of all, he looks um, he looks extremely healthy. Yeah, he like, does. Dude looks great. Like complete freaking turnaround from what was it a year or two ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely complete turnaround. And, Happy uh, born. When he was having seizures and he was overweight and. He's, he admitted he had mental health problems, which he's gotten help for, and he looks good. I'm glad he came back. Hopefully, he can get somewhere good, you know, like into some sort of a. I don't think that that's a good place for him right now. Yeah, I mean, hey, at least get his feet, get his feet up under him, and then yeah, get rolling. Mm-hmm. Kalisto, do we care? I guess we care. Why not? Fuck it. Kalisto yeah. released a video. See, let me see what this is. The premiere show. Land of opportunity. Smackdown. Thank you. Bigus. Gracias. Thank you for allowing me to sit at your table. I am beyond grateful. But unfortunately, there's only room for one in that table. I'm sorry, guys. Lucha House Party. I mean, don't get me wrong. Lince Dorado, he's the king of Lucha Extreme. And Gran Metallic, well respected in Mexico and the king of the ropes. But you guys lack, lack patience. You guys need to learn still. You need to survive just like I did. You need to swim with the sharks just like I did. You need to learn. Do you guys believe that it's been 161 days 161 days since I've been drafted to Smackdown <laughs> I know what you guys are thinking you think that's a disrespect to me that's a demotion to me you think I went home and cried because I'm not booked no every single day every hour minute second I use that as fuel for my fire and that fire is building up and it keeps building and it keeps burning for that one match and that one motivation that kept haunting me and it keeps haunting me forever fuck us with the music he's trying to join Legado de Fantasma maybe we all want the same thing expect him to put his fist in the air and then it, get, then it become bizarre and shit it's a weird song you what the hell's going on here are going to have to just fuck just happened i figured it out yeah good he's basically after wrestlemania you know they always hype up the raw smack out of the mania he's mm-hmm. gonna form a new team with kazarni oh stop <laughs> because that's all i could think of during that fucking music was fucking kazarni yeah well i don't know what the hell's going on with that i don't think that did him any favors though not a single one that was just weird all right, moving along. I got a flow. You got a what? I got a flow. I got a flow. You got a flow. So let it go. What looked like a Photoshop turned out to be reality because Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil are going to be hosting WrestleMania together. It's almost like a son with his surrogate father, some would say, you know? <laughs> There's a bond here that we're going to be exploring further. One fan tweeted out precisely why this company stopped getting so much of a dime from me. 
Peace to Titus O'Neil, though that is a good brother. Hashtag Divine Nine. And he liked that tweet. Titus. So, whatever. It's supporting the fact that they think this is shitty and Titus liked it, which indicates that he's agreeing with the fans. And yeah, it's funny. You know, WWE, at the end of the day, you have somebody in your company that has something against white people and you're not doing shit about it. You're hiding it. <laughs> I couldn't help it. That was amazing. What does Titus O'Neil have against Hogan? Because he's white? Is that what it is? <laughs> you don't like vanilla Titus? Look at how he looks at him in that image of that look of disgust like he's looking down at Hogan's people. All I'm saying is I know he's looking away. That's one thing I know is fucking sure. Yo, people that are still carrying animosity towards Hogan need therapy. Like, and it's funny because most of the people that ha- still carry animosity towards him are pro mental health, which means that they should know how to fuck to get there. You know, like go help yourselves. You always pro mental health in yourselves, right? Well, take yourselves to the appropriate fucking sources then, because you're nuts. It's it's been like, it's been like forever. We don't never forgive him for that. Are you telling you, you better unlike this? Shit, but your ass wanted up fucking back when you started jobbing out on Father's Day, motherfucker. So this the most was relevant the, thing you've done in like four years. You've been a central punk ass day. They clearly did this. This is clearly a power move, though. They positioned Titus somewhere where he had no say-so in this. And they wanted to show support to Hogan. And they used someone who openly said that he was not cool with this. You know what I mean? And I'm sure the human resources is really good. I'm sure that they didn't mahaha him. It was like, listen, Titus, you are the number one person that represents the African-American community. And WWE's goal is to be able to show a united front and tear down borders between races. You can be the standard and the pioneer that sets the example by showing a unified stance with Hulk Hogan and opening your arms and welcoming him back into the WWE family. And we want to give you that opportunity to show future generations to look past hate and intolerance and reach within themselves for forgiveness. This is how they spin things. Listen, I've perused in the corporate world before, and I understand the psychology in how you present bullshit to people in a way where if they turn it down, they look like assholes, <laughs> you know? And that's what they did to poor Titus here. They didn't go up to him and say, we're going to put you with Hogan. I'm sure that it was spun in some positive way to make this guy know that it's bullshit, but look like an asshole if he calls them on their bullshit. Because that's how the corporate game and politics and things are played. You say things in a way where if the other person doesn't know how to speak the cordial language, they'll look like the asshole for just flipping the bird, even though that's a natural response. So just... Assuming, making an assumption here, we don't know, we weren't there. They'll tell us you weren't in the WWE bubble. But I would just imagine that the way they presented this idea to him was very cordial, very nice. They showed all the pros, hit all the cons. He has to go along with it either way, right? What's he going to say now? Right. Were you going to do not hold WrestleMania and just go back to doing whatever the fuck you were doing? But this was definitely them. Like, this is, it's too dishonest. It's too blatant. And, uh, it's in bad taste just because of how it seems so forced. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that it almost seems like they just did it just to, because they could, you know? Like, there's no reason whatsoever. Are they going to be hosting on the same night, or are they going to have, like, night one Titus, night two Hogan? I mean, that's actually a good question, because, I mean, Mania is going to be two nights. So. 
and then they're never going to encounter one another. That'd be some shit, wouldn't it? They'll have him come out and hug the way Vincent Bischoff did. <laughs> you know, he's going to give him a big hug. going to spin him around. <laughs> but despite all that, um, y'all Hogan Hayes out there need to get over it. I don't like Let the way WWE go. did this. This was a shit power move by them. But I also think that the Hogan haters that can't get over it are more troubled than WWE. At least WWE is evil. See, see, th- this is why I'm okay with it because it fucks with them. Yeah, it's the, more the, of the, the story. The haters are just crazy. Go, you wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, like I said, at least WWE is just straight up evil, and you get it. The haters are being crazy though. Like we, we, we were. There were times where we were literally in here full blown fucking arguments on why you just need to get the fuck over. You do need to get over it. Like this is a power move, but at the same time, it's also <laughs> you bet you wish you got over it now, don't you? Mm-hmm, How bad do sure. you want to miss Mania now? And hosts are a waste. They don't ever really do anything significant. We don't need hosts. The only hosts that even did anything really relevant was the freaking New Day. That's just because they introduced the Hardys when they came back. That and Rock, but that was it. But if you're going to have a host, then shouldn't you write things for the host to do? You don't even have to actually have... Like, the storyline could be that the person has to host. Like, within the within the backstage stuff, you can have them getting ready to host. Watch them going through their wardrobe just to have more more time with them being featured. What am I going to wear to the hosting that I have to do tonight? See them backstage. Have other people come up to them. Hey, man, good luck hosting tonight. You know, just, you know, do something. They just don't fucking come out, though. And then when they do, they'll come out at the beginning. They'll say something, and then they'll leave. And then that's the end of the show. That's not a host. That's a promo. You know who would have been fun to have host WrestleMania just because she would have made it so fucking funny? Who? Bailey. Yeah, she's a great host. You imagine, you imagine Bailey hosting WrestleMania? Holy shit. This is this shit is painful. <laughs> yeah. But George, you gotta remember though, Alexa Bliss isn't black. Uh, <laughs> I almost couldn't get through that phrase. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see this disaster. Somehow WrestleMania is looking less exciting than last year. I just I, it, it's gonna be so worth it just to watch the Hogan haters on Twitter cry. That's going to be my only satisfaction out of it. Because then I just get to go, but you still bought the pay-per-view. Knowing this was going to happen, so... Mm-hmm. In other news, is being reported that Jack Evans has heat with AEW. He has heat with someone in AEW that you don't want to have heat with. We don't know who oh, that yeah. is, but we just know he has heat with somebody. I don't know what happened. I would hope, I would hope to find out sometimes. So. Apparently this happened because Evans hit a hit 10 with a Phoenix Splash where he caught 10 with an elbow in the face and busted 10 <laughs> open. And he had to have work done afterwards. I've seen a few Jack Evans things that have gone wrong. I'm not sure what's going on. There's been some botching with him yeah. lately. He's, he's usually not been this botchy. I don't know what's been going on with him. Yeah, that is odd. Uh, Kylie Ray is apparently coming back to wrestling. For what? Like a match and then she's going to leave again? And then like her giving? She shows up for like two matches and then bye! Warrior Wrestling officially announced that she's going to be defending... Her Warrior Wrestling title Saturday, June 5th at the Warrior Wrestling Stadium Series. She won the title against Tessa Blanchard on September 12th of last year. And now she's back. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's really nice that we live in a world that where where people can just, you know, do whatever you want. Just just, just, just dip out on biggest pay-per-views of the years and two different companies. And then, oh, yeah, she's back. I'm back. I'm, I'm better now. I'm cured. Good job, man. It's amazing what therapy can do. I would at least, uh, I mean, and I I wish I had the drop ready, but I remember when, when was this a month ago, two months ago? I remember saying that if you have mental health issues and you claim to have mental health issues, that's fine. 
But don't like two months later pop back up and be like, I'm cured. Even though these were serious issues that I implore you all to take seriously and not roll your eyes at mental health. It's easy enough that just a couple of fucking uh, couple of months in the bin and I'm clear. And lo and fucking behold. That shit clears up faster than gonorrhea. Stacey said, place bets on her losing her smile. I am fucking done. Holy shit. There it is on her shirt. Oh, God. She drew it on her shirt so she won't lose it. Anyway. Like I said before, I, t- I would take mental health stuff seriously, but when people do exactly, and I didn't know back when she left that she'd be back quick, but I just said that if she was back quick, I would frown upon it basically because you, on one hand, you can't say, take mental health seriously and be sympathetic of these people and understand the weight and magnitude of things. And then next thing be like, well, I spent the weekend at a place, spoke to a lady, she wrote a bunch of shit down, and I have a better grasp, and I'm ready to re reobtain all the responsibilities that a few short days ago, during the same season of sitcoms that you're still watching, I said I couldn't handle. I was able to fix my mental fucking problem that I told you to take seriously faster than the sitcom you were watching was in the same time frame that I left to have it taken care of, rolled up. Impressive. And no, George, what's messed up is dipping out on both Impact and AEW's bigger pay-per-views. Was just so no warning. All I'm saying is that it sends mixed signals. On one hand, they tell you take mental health seriously, but then on the other hand, the people that go away for it come back faster than you could fix a fucking sprain. So there's some there's an imbalance here. I'm not saying that they're wrong. I'm not saying the process is wrong, but I'm saying something doesn't add up. And I need to know which people want me to do. Do you A want me to take people at face value when they say they have mental health problems and take it very seriously and believe that they have the they need to get the help that they're gonna get? Or B believe that it's really not as serious as they're making and all they need is like a fucking spa date and that afterwards everything's going to balance itself out. I can't be both people. I can't be the guy who agrees and takes things seriously and thinks that this is a serious matter that needs to be looked into and also be the guy that when someone comes back right away, doesn't question it. If somebody had an alcohol problem or a drug problem and you sent them to rehab and they came back like a month later, you might question it. If it's a person who's a first-timer, maybe not. If it's Daryl Strawberry, you're going to be like, fuck out of here. Get his ass back in there. Am I right? At least that's the way history history would have it. So, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, I'm not saying that you can't be cured, but I'm just saying that anyone else that went into any level of rehab for anything, nine times out of ten, would still be in there longer than people who rehab mental health. Mental health seems to be the quickest thing, and it's because they sort of self-govern it. It's the only thing that you decide when you're okay, in a, in a sense, even though like th- therapy does help. It's the only thing where you can decide. If you have a sprain or a bruise or you're hurt in some way and it's undeniable, then it's just it. You got to wait for it to be better. But with this, it's kind of like the people who are putting down or basically emphasizing the weight of this issue are the same ones that want to believe that they're right for you to believe them that they're ready when they're ready. How am I supposed to believe that you're in the right frame of mind to believe that you would know when you were ready? Is that weird logic? No, that's pretty good logic, actually. Groundbreaking logic. And I'm not minimizing mental health, but nor am I maximizing it. I'm just saying that there's a contradiction of terms within the discussion of mental health, if you will. An oxymoron, as some would call it, where it's like, again, and I'm going to move on quick, but, you know, A... This is serious. We better really pay attention to these people and give them the dedication and concern that we need. Or B, just take a weekend, let somebody rub your back and talk to you about your problems and you'll be ready when you're ready. 
It'll be like when you get the glow in The Last Dragon. You'll know there's just one place that you have not looked. And it is there, only there, that you will find your mind. We need a fucking compilation of The Last Dragon references on this fucking show. Like, holy shit. (laughs) They just keep coming. Oh, man. Well, hopefully she's back for good this time. You know, not just dipping at all. No, just dipping off out of the blue, like. I'm I'm actually not going to report any other stuff with her until she's somewhere significant. That's because it's too much ping ponging already for me. My ping pong is stronger. Like not just like there for like a cup of coffee. Like no, you're staying. Yeah, get it right. Uh, what else do we got going on here? All right. Well, we got apparently a lot of people have been critical towards the fact that uh, negative one is always on TV. Negative one has heat. Jet. Oh my god! It's not hard to get heat. No, this isn't. Yeah, especially when you got the marks out there giving you heat for stupid shit. That is fucking... I guess, I don't know. Have there been complaints? Have people, like, actually just been, like, saying, like, what would be the some complaints? Pe- yeah, like, I've been hearing often, like, some people are saying, like, oh, they're forcing them to do this, they're forcing them to do that, when it's not even the case in any way, shape, or form. Hmm. I don't know. All I've noticed is it always seems to be the people who are just, like, 100% anti AEW. so, yeah. It's like when in reality, it's nowhere near that simple. Like, Oh, whatever. I guess people's inquiries toward her son pissed her off because she released a big statement about this here. And it says, I've loved pro wrestling my entire life. It's been my world for 19 years now. I still love it more than most things in this world. I try to ignore the shit online, but no, I see it. I see the snide comments about Brody's involvement. The use of the word exploitation is disheartening. Our world crumbled. AEW helped us pick up the pieces. It's easy to be distrustful of any corporation. I'd be lying if I didn't constantly think the rug was going to get pulled out from under me. It hasn't. Even when it felt like everything was pulled out from under me, this wasn't. They let Brody feel like he's part of something. Notice there's no storylines involving him. Just him being connected to a huge part of him that's missing. What everyone doesn't see on the other side of social media is a kid who is care- who is carrying so much grief. Yet so much joy, a kid who's excelling in his therapy, a kid who, despite the worst few months of his life, got 10 A's and three B's on his report card last week. On days we go to AEW, you're all missing him doing his schoolwork from a hotel room because going to AEW is a privilege or sitting with Auntie Mega working on math problems. They also make me feel like I'm part of something. We make the drive every other show so I can spend time with people who remind me of the best parts of being alive. People like like. I'm not even sure what this fucking Twitter is. Mega Lega Girl 10 and and Margaret Stavley who sit in the I crowd that next first to me. One with Anna J. Wait, no, there's no really? Why the hell do they have Nayla? Anyway, who sit in the crowd next to me and let me vent and cry and laugh and breathe in this world that wants me to be weighed down with grief. My Instagram isn't grief porn. It's never going to be a place where I want people to come and feel sorry for me. It's photos of my journey. So come join me. Just know I didn't die the day my husband did. I'm very much alive and full of fight. I'm not made of glass. I'm a diamond and like a wise friend share with me. Hard time put a shine in the diamond. That's nice. Yeah, and I mean, it makes perfect sense. Like, it's Brody getting to have, first of all, getting to have fun in one of the darkest times of his life. And I thought about it the other day. This isn't just beneficial for him it's beneficial for people who are fans of his dad because in a way we got a piece of brody back yeah i agree with like you, having man. that kid out there has been great for not just him but it's been great for us too because losing brody hit everybody so and it works in the... to come out there mm-hmm. no, i was just gonna say it works in the dark order gimmick too it doesn't feel superimposed 
Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like I said, he um he's never in storylines. He just shows up, does a segment. And I mean, you see the kids like having a blast and it's definitely helping him get through this because it's like I said before, when when Brody passed, the whole wrestling world rallied around that kid. And the fact that he's able to smile and have fun, it's not exploitation. It's yeah. getting this kid through the toughest thing he'll, he'll probably ever have to deal with at nine years old. Yeah, Ashley, that's Brody Lee, a.k.a. Luke Harper's son. Recently passed away, Brody Lee. That's his son. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I, I enjoy when I see him on, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do too. It's, it, I don't it's mind it. sometimes my favorite it, it fits, part of AEW. Just gotta get a kick out of it. It fits with the Dark Order gimmick. It really oh, yeah. does, you know. And like I said, they're giving the guy, they're giving him something to feel good about. And at a time when he lost his dad, you know. So yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I look at it like this: if I ever had a billion dollar company or even a thousand dollar company, you know, and I had a friend who's, you know, had a kid and he died, no one's gonna tell me that I can't use my billion dollar company to entertain him. Fuck you ratings and everything exactly. and internet and wrestling and the, the whole thing supply this is my company i literally put my fucking family's cash and invested it i could take this whole shit and burn it to the ground if i want but i'm like, nice like, I, to put- I, I can let this kid be sad every day of his life or i can let him hit john silver in the face with some papers and get a laugh get you know i'm the one who chose to buy this ring and contract these people and put these cameras here and put my shit it's me at the end of the day that's the t- i'm talking as tony Khan. you know it's me i'm doing if i want to help my fucking friends departed you know like a son be a part of this i'm gonna do that shit yeah, at the end of the day, that's going to be that that this is going to help him in a long day. And he'll never forget what everybody did for him. Oh, no, like that won't. will stick for him forever. Yes, whenever he thinks about his dad, he's going to be sad. But then he's also going to think, but what about when AEW and all these wrestling fans all made sure to show me support? Mm-hmm. Well, in other news, Maki Ito is gone. That was fun, <laughs> but it is over. You put, oh, so I'm going. Him. I'm going back to Japan. I can only speak Maki English, but everyone was kind, and I was very happy. Do you want to see me again? I'm sorry, the next schedule has not been decided, but I hope we can meet again. Thank you. Fuck you all. <laughs> you fucking love that girl. Her Twitter disappeared after this. Some people felt that she deleted, but then there were rumors going around that it was hacked. I don't know what happened, but I guess I'll follow up on that if I hear anything. Yeah, hopefully she comes back soon. Yeah, please. That division that needs so the girls. That I watched that. I, I watched that being the elite the other day. She goes, it's "Surprise, motherfuckers!" <laughs> <laughs> just that one clip. I was like, I skipped around just for that one fucking clip. I watched it like ten times. And it never stopped being funny. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, man. She was really entertaining. I can't wait to see more of her. You know they'll bring her back eventually. It's just, I mean, maybe she just had stuff she had to handle back in Japan. So. Hmm. Last bit of news here before we move on to the weeklies and wrap up. A uh, bit of sad news. Uh, Randall Barry Orton, a.k.a. Randall Orton, probably more known as, has passed away. Randy's uh, Randy's uncle. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, uh, he worked for WWF uh, as Barry O from 1985 to 1986. Um. Uh, he was incarcerated for a little bit. Then he came back in 90 to 91 in WWF. He was the America's tag team champion with Hector Guerrero when he was 19 years old. He was also a tag team champion with Bob Orton, Orton's father. Southern Eastern tag team champions in the ICW. We thought some prayers with Randall Barry Orton. Of course, Randy Orton, Bob Orton, Cowboy himself, and everyone else suspected by that. 
Oh, yeah. All right. Weekly's time. Weeklies. And luckily, since we did all the post show last night, we already pretty much knocked out SmackDown. Yep. Not even on the list. Yeah. That's the best part about those shows after the pay-per-view. One of the weeklies is always already knocked out. Yeah, it's still going to be more bullet points because I want to wrap up. We already did over two hours last yeah. night. You know, we don't need to be on here exactly. and everything. Anyway, it was AEW Dynamite St. Patrick's Day Slam. Uh, why is Alex, what's the guy's name that's with Penta? Alex, uh, Alex Marvez, I believe. Marvez, right. Why is Alex Marvez translating for Penta? Like, is that going to be like a permanent um, what, thing? What it is, it's because um, Pentagon does speak some English, but his, but his English isn't fluid enough. Like they they basically stuck him with him, so he wouldn't have to struggle so much with interviews. It just feels like a heel thing, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, like it just feels like heel country when I see shit like that. You know, doesn't really make any sense. Uh, what else? What else? Yeah, Cody versus Penta, and I. What were your thoughts, Cody versus Penta? When he um, first said this. Yeah, I mean, of course, finish being Cody gets rolled up after. This is the only thing that I didn't understand why this was done. After he did his arm pop spot, which I've usually seen that match, I've usually seen that exact move in the match before. But then he got the roll up right after. So it was kind of like that, that was just, it was odd when it happened. But then again, I, I didn't know it's the funky way he did it. So I guess like it's dealing with the fact that Cody is hurt. So. I didn't like this match. And it's once again, their weird ring psychology. I'm going to just show you a little bit of something here. So there's the match in play, right? So, just watch. And again, I hate to have to be overly critical here, but Cody hits a super kick. Cody hits a Canadian destroyer. Cody hits a springboard cutter. Boom. That's three finishers, really, in the wrestling world. Two or two count. Two a fucking two count, dude. Like, come on. So, so that's a bit crazy, right? We're going to say that it's a false finish after hitting all that wild shit. He recovers here. What's the next move that Cody goes for? The crossroads. He catches the super kick, counters, brings him in, locks it in. Crossroads. Boom. One, two, two fucking count. You see what I mean? Like, are you kidding me? On the first match of Dynamite, dude? Like, it was literally super kick, Canadian destroyer, uh, springboard cutter, crossroads. And if you think I'm being picky here, let's see what comes next. Let, wait, <laughs> fuck. This is amazing. What could he hit him with now? He already hit every finisher in the world. Super kick. Destroy. What's he going to go for now? Maybe it's time for Penta to get his heat back. That might be what it is, right? Nope. It isn't. Because now he's going to hit the fucking vertebraker. He's a little soft when he calls a fucking Densfire. Boom. A safe vertebraker. But nonetheless, that move's considered like high-level death. The vertebraker. So all without Penta getting any heat back. This guy goes for super kick. Canadian Destroyer, Springboard Cody Cutter for a two count, Recovery for the fucking, for, for the Crossroads for a two count, Vertebreaker, and that was also a two count. At that point, you're just sure you're showing me tons of great moves, but I'm completely desensitized. Now, this coming from, let's be real, probably the biggest Pentagon mark in the whole community. Even I know he's not surviving all that shit. Because now, I've seen Pentagon survive some shit, but all that. But also, just from the matches I've seen of Pentagon and AEW, he doesn't strike me as someone who would have gotten hit with all that shit. Like, yeah, maybe right, he would have gotten hit with a super point, kick. 
Maybe he would have got hit with a destroyer. Maybe even a Cody Cup. But when the fuck would he have not recovered? He's been, he's like attacked. How many times has this guy held gold? You don't think he would have recovered somewhere before you hit him with like 20 things? I feel like you would have gotten maybe two of those off before he would have got some kind of offense. There was like no struggle. It was like, I'm going to hit this and then I'm going to hit this and then I'm going to pick him up and hit this. It's like, it me when you, you even a shitty AI in the game and you have like, and you're just picking up the corpse that has no life left. Like, what was that going on? And like I said, the one the second thing that bothered me the most, just because I watched when they started, when they, when they first originated that spot in Lucha Underground, the arm break. I saw at least 10 times with that match just over because in a sense, he is breaking your arm. I I was a big Why Cody he, supporter for years. Cody is booked too strong, way too strong. This is absurd. If anyone's actually paying attention to these matches, what what are they doing? Look at this. This this really this was when I was like, all right, you guys, are, there's obviously something wrong here. Look at this that he hits him with this man. Puts him in a move where he wrenches the guy's arm back, right? Look at this. Look at how terrible this is. It looks and like he broke his fucking arm. arm. It looks like he, like, that's it. That should be it. That's this a, guy that, should be ruined. On signature. That should be, he should be rolling around on the ground in pain. Can someone explain to me how the hell he managed with both arms? The arm, he didn't even sell it. He didn't even take the time to sell it. He recoiled from that arm snap into the pin that we have it frozen on. Someone snapped your arm back. And the next thing you did was without selling at all, you recoiled into a cover. Not only do you recoil into a cover, it's the cover you won the fucking match with. This guy just snapped the arm that you used. It looked really bad. It looked like if they would have given that a moment, it would have been for her to sink in for people who've never seen before. Like, oh, oh, God, is he right? But nope, it was like he somehow recalled that cover. That was a safer looking one that I've seen before. It's so ridiculous. Like, that doesn't look like, how the fuck did Cody win this? It's just weird. This was booked like shit, man. That was so bizarre of a match, you know? Yeah, I just, the, it's its weird. Like, none of that was, was put together well at all. But that end killed me. I was like, wait a minute. He snapped the and, arm and, yeah, and then you the just immediately. Is, once it ended, I just, I was like, okay, moving on. Purge out of my brain. Like, what? And then Jim Ross, right at that roll-up, he goes, Penta was not expecting that roll-up. No shit, who would be expecting? He, 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 he just snapped his arm. I wouldn't have been expecting it either. He has one fucking arm. You wouldn't have been expecting that. He wasn't expecting anyone in the cell was. And then afterwards, Penta gets ambushed, and then Dustin and the Gun Brothers fend off the heels. But uh, but then they say that the the damage has been done to to Cody's shoulder. But he wasn't selling the damage before the cover. Now that that now he's selling when it's over. If you go back and watch it, he's selling. But wait a minute. So he was okay. To he was okay enough to beat Penta, but later on he's hurt from what Penta did to him. That's not how an injury like that will work. You would have been hurt from the moment that he hit the ground with that shit up until they picked you up off the floor when he pinned you. You wouldn't have been okay enough to pin him and then later on. But later on, what are you going to say? He had so much adrenaline flowing through his body that he didn't feel the shit till later? Because I thought they were at least going to just not sell it. But nope, right after this, it was like, oh, Cody's really fucked up now. No shit. He was supposed to be this whole time. Now, in a credit to Penta, there's one good thing that came out of the end of this. Well, what's that? When Penta grabbed that uh that St. Patrick's Day hat and put it on, okay. <laughs> that shit made me laugh. <laughs> and then here's the thing with with AEW, they have their priorities weird. I get it. They have a school with Q, with QT Marshall with Cody and everyone, and these people all close backstage. That has nothing to do with the story. Okay, Penta is a very highly known wrestler, and at this point, so is Cody. They just had a crazy match, whether we like the booking of it or not. You know, that ended with one of the guys getting hurt. 
allegedly, even though that was booked like shit too. So now you've had these two guys go at it. One has a fucked up arm. The other one lost. There was actually trouble between all of them. And the only thing that they're focusing on is where, you know, oh man, there's QT Marshall. Where the hell were you during this? To me, that isn't as important of a question as who gives a fuck. Who gives a fuck to me is the more important question than where was QT Marshall? Who gives a fuck? Isn't that a weird priority? Penta just for Cody Rhodes and then this whole thing happened and people had to be separated. But no, I don't, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about where was QT Marshall? I don't give a fuck where he is, man. There's a lot of other things that I'm thinking about. I have nothing to do with him. To me, that's as silly as when we had Keith Lee telling Sheamus that it was only a matter of time till he turns on Drew McIntyre and he doesn't know either one of them. QT Marshall doesn't have anything to do with this right now. Aside from that, he knows them. Let them fight their battle. Every time I see Cody or Panther or someone in this feud, I don't want it to end with the last shot being QT Marshall shrugging going, here I am. I don't care about that. Just leave the fucking feud. That is weird, man. Don Callis winds up getting in the Young Bucks head saying that they aren't the same Nick and Matt that they were in Japan. And I guess, I don't know, they sort of teasing a heel turn. Jade Cargo has a match against Danny Jordan. Uh, solid enough match. She uses the, the Jaded, which is that inverted, what I call, I guess, a sit-out powerbomb, inverted sit-out powerbomb that she sort of does there some kind of like a variation when i saw it my first thought was like a variation of a dominator but then i was like no it's not really a dominator yeah it's different i know yeah really weird stuff uh she hits a really nasty uh what was it that was that waist german suplex that she hits yeah it's strong because she's a big girl she can really nail that shit in you know she's good with it but yeah yeah, be careful of that look at she's flying boy you know (laughs) gravity and all yeah, I mean, hey, glad she's sticking around, though. So. Yeah. Uh, afterwards, Red Velvet tries to attack Jade from the crowd, but they wind up holding her back. Sort of like a mini pull apart there. You got MJF's you group. the strong ass bitches did. <laughs> what? Yeah. You got MJF's group, the Pinnacle. They're officially named the Pinnacle. I thought that they were going to just to mock the inner circle more, like name themselves the War Council, since it was at the War Council that they fucked them up. And then they were that like, been where, great, right? <laughs> where the War Council? You know, but I guess they're the Pinnacle. So sure, whatever. What I do like about this though is that the, that we didn't see the inner circle because you know sometimes they'll take a ass, they'll we'll see in other companies somebody will take an ass whooping like that and then they just show back up the next week. Yeah, and MJF really shits all over this guy's appearance too. He talks about how pretending to like Jericho wasn't a walk in the park, which apparently he needs more of. He makes jokes about his weight, his hairline, his shitty pecs. He just completely goes in. I guess that means no, no new musicals. <laughs> <laughs> no dancing debonair part two no none uh you get this 10-man tag team clusterfuck of matt hardy private parties isaiah cassidy and mark quinn and the butcher and the blade with, with the bunny this whole new stable against bear country which has the bear and bear boulder and bronson reed along with the jurassic express jungle boy luchasaurus and marco stunt uh yeah you had it they did it I'm like desensitized at this point. It's just a whole bunch of clusterfucks, man. They overshot Marco with one of those spots. Let me see if I could bring that up on the screen here. Oh, yeah. Here. The overshooting of Marco. Look, here we go. The, the, yeah, oh, this was the shit pose that they do. Yeah, so here we go. Watch how he goes flying. Almost died. That was almost the death of Marco. You know. Um, Which I don't know if I've ever mentioned on the air briefly. Do you know why he's actually that small? No. Um, early in his wrestling career, he actually broke uh, the, the growth plate in his back. He was actually supposed to be taller than that, but once he break that, you just stop. Really? Yeah. I think it was um it was an interview he did with Chris Van Vliet once he mentioned it. And it was like, yeah, apparently um your growth plate is supposed to go only a certain amount, but if you break it before it hits that, you just stop right where you're at. Wow. 
that could be why they have concern over people who are minors wrestling. Yeah, because, yeah, you fuck that thing up. Oh, it's that's probably why they don't want somebody like Izzy taking bumps. Yeah, because, yeah, he literally growth plate. She's going to literally dwarfed himself wrestling, huh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that he was supposed to be at least maybe I think a few inches taller than he is at like his max height. But yeah, once he broke his growth plate, he stopped right there. And this happened. This happened like years ago, apparently. Jesus Christ. Ten man tag match finish. Jin and Juice followed by Hardy insisting on being given a tag so he could finish off Marco's stunt with a twist of fate. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was all over the place. <laughs> Tag team match of Eddie Kingston and John Moxley against the Good, Bro- Good Brothers in Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Uh, Mox has a roll-up here. Mox wins, I believe, with a roll-up, but then afterwards the heels attack, and Kenny and Don Callis show up, and they they wind up with uh, Moxley's head in a chair, and they're going to crush his head, but the Young Bucks show up in order to try to stop everything, and uh, they have this moment where they just randomly, they're like trying to force them to too sweet, which is kind of really, it's just weird. Like, hey, you know, now's, you know, interesting time to try to too sweet, but they don't want to do it. You know, and Kenny Omega's like being insistent. He's demanding that they turn around and too sweet. You better too sweet. Everybody too sweet. Look, he pushes his face in like that. That's fucked up. Yeah, you know, so he's insisting right. on the too sweet here, which they're not going to give. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to see like the Bucks almost want to strike back, but like you can see them struggling with the fact that they have so much history with these guys. Yeah. It's like when you want to swing on your friend, but you're reluctant because you don't want to ruin the friendship. That's what happens here. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? We had uh, Darby Allen wants to. Hello. Oh, yeah. Um, well, first, we had Darby Allen on Mike promo with an open challenge, I believe, where he talks about how he doesn't like the fact that he only defended that title twice and he wants to be able to defend it more and be a fighting champion. But that's interrupted by Lance Archer with Jake. Uh, and then team fucking Taz again in case we're there. But Brian Cage, he basically, I like the fact that when they come out, it didn't go where I thought it was, where they were going to continue to feud. Brian Cage tells Sting that he respects him and he storms off on team Taz and the rest of them are confused. Like, what are you talking about? What do you mean you respect him? So yeah, I guess he pretty much said turn. that uh, Ricky was wrong, that he's a man with or without the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a singles match of Angelico against Ray Phoenix, like you mentioned, being accompanied by Pac. Yeah, with uh, uh, Phoenix, I haven't seen him break this move out in a while. The fire driver for the win. Yeah, which I believe is a crucifix. It's a crucifix bomb into a pile driver, right? Yeah, that, that was actually uh, that was his Lucha Underground finisher. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him break that move out. I don't know how. He just plants it in Helico. Oh, no. Sits up. That has got to be it. Great <laughs> oh. Phoenix covers, puts him deep, and gets the. That's a kill job, boys and girls. Yeah, good, solid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. Good, uh... Well, actually, there was good, one good, last match. Good Dynamite. No, that was it. No, I'm well, kidding. The stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the match that everybody lost their damn minds over, right? Good God Almighty. For, I think, only the fourth time. First time on Dynamite and the first time for the ladies. Lights out. Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. Unsanctioned match. All kinds of shit happening, which anyone who wants to know, this took them six months of planning for them to do this. Also, the inner circle, that, that, that whole betrayal thing, apparently bringing together that stable was the plan since FTR joined, according to them. So for people who thought they were hotshot booking, apparently, I guess not. If you're going to take them at their word there. 
But before we get into all of that, unsanctioned lights out matched on the rose of Britt Baker. Rebel at ringside, of course. This was brutal, man. Uh, I even like the stomp when she hit when she hit that nasty stomp on Thunder Rosa. Is this it? Oh, here? Yeah. Let me see if I could bring this up. I think it's a, the spot that opened her up. Like Watch the way she hits her here. How she fucked up is Thunder this? Rosa. As she's getting up. Incredible. God. Yeah, brutality so, here, man. <laughs> So before we talk more spots of the match, what I mentioned mm-hmm. last week about how the the hold hardless hold hardless match between Eddie Edwards and Brian Meyer disappointed me, mm-hmm. it's because when you tell me that nobody's responsible for what they do to each other, this is the level of violence you tell me I'm gonna get. Yeah. Because this shit looked like no matter what happened, there will be no punishment after this shit. These ladies beat the ever loving shit out of each other. They really did. They really they did. Hit, if it wasn't nailed down, somebody got hit with it. Yeah. Also, this spot here, nasty brutality of this avalanche suplex onto the steel steps in the what center. What event we're seeing here, ladies and gentlemen? The first ever lights out match in AEW history, and these two ladies are that's crazy, brutal. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, they were not playing around with that. Oh my god! I mean, one probably. For me, one of the most brutal spots in the early in the match, when Rosa drop kicked the ladder into Britt's face and that one up opening Britt up. That was freaking <laughs> nasty. Oh shit. Yeah, that was brutality right there. Britt Baker sandwiched in between the ladder. Oh god. She better duck all oh, hell. That is crazy. Yeah. Good lord. Yo, Britt Baker flare bled in this match. She really did. Like, she there really, were moments really where you couldn't tell where her hair ended and the blood. It was nuts. What I do love, and I love how uh, well Britt worked with the camera on this shot, when she pulled out the thumbtacks mm-hmm. and she kind of crouched down and then pulled the bag apart with her teeth. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> that was a nice visual. <laughs> Also, did it look like there was way more tax than usual in that bag? Yeah, there was a lot of tax. I also got to give Thunder Rosa a lot of credit for uh, just how safe of a worker that she is. Uh, in regards to there, there was one spot where Rosa hits um, a Death Valley driver off of the rope onto a ladder, but she puts all of the weight on her pivot foot here. If you look at the way that she does it, I thought that's really safe. I'm wondering how the fuck do you do that while killing the other person? All of the weight's on her leg. Watch here just, when she hits this. this. Really this, solid this stuff. No, no. No, hell no. Oh, Thunder Rosa. No, 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 no. Very smart. See what I mean? Like, only, like you. I got to give somebody credit. To be that safe with a spot that dangerous, like, that is an unbelievable level of credit. But yeah, I mean, the finish was, I believe, uh, her Thunder Driver threw a table on the outside for the win. Yeah, and I love but, that Brits, I, I love that Thunder started crying after the match was over. Yeah, before we even got to the Thunder Driver, though, uh, just to give her something to do, they had Reba take a table bump. Yeah, no, Reba take a table bump and shit. Yeah, she wanted to pick her. She comes into attack with the the, the freaking crutch. Rebel just got cracked in the head with the the crutch. Thunder Rosa trying to And then this is it. 
nasty table oh. bump there. Yeah, you know, also, uh, also, you know what? That doesn't even end there if you just let that keep going. Oh, yeah. Rebel, Rebel got planted on the table, through the table. Dunderosa escaped the Death Valley driver attempt. Grit, no, Delayed no, reaction. Watch right here. Yeah, that shit sucks. No, no! My God, she kicked out with thump that. That shit sucks. Yeah, I mean, at one point, um, Britt got her the lockjaw, but Rosa, knowing that the tacks were right behind her, rolled her over. Not even to pin her, but just rolled her into the tacks. We're back into the thump tacks. She rolled her back into the thump tacks again. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a lot of. <laughs> this was freaking crazy. Like they I were said, not lying when they said Britt was unrecognizable after this. Yeah, which we reported last week. That was something else. And then, of course, as Destin reported, like the big spot that ends it all. The table for Thunder Rosa, but Rosa. Oh, Lord. Thunder Rosa has got Britt hooked over the shoulder. Oh, she, oh no. Oh, no. She's not going to do this. Is she? Yet? Oh, fire Thunder driver through the table. Both ladies are damaged goods. Thunder Rosa going for the cover, going for the win. Can she? Yeah, she I love how she checks her hair. Thunder Rosa has right, just to make sure she's okay. Amazing, amazing event. The winner of this match, Thunder Rosa, and she breaks down and cries at the end of it. I don't. That's awesome. I think she said, "This is my woman," or something like that. Yo. Those two are forever bonded after that shit. Because that was nuts. That was cool. Like that. <laughs> a lot of credit for putting that together. Good work. I am so proud of those two. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. They did an excellent job. Like, and they didn't hold a single thing back. Like, they made it, and they made every bit of that match told the story of, like, this is it after this. Mm-hmm. Sure like, did. No, but like, we're, first of all, we're not going to see. Oh, sorry, keep going. It was just like the fact that we're probably not going to see both of these two for a minute after that. But like at this point, like you can't go past that kind of that little that level of violence. Yeah, no, you really can't. This was after the match was over, so I was actually running. I guess this is a at ringside. This is one of the best shows we've ever done, and thanks to you, man. What a man event! No, what are you? That was one of the best things I've ever seen on TV. That was one of the best fucking things we've ever seen. Thank you so much. Appreciate you so much, bro. You're awesome. That was You're awesome. An incredibly strong yeah. man. It's going to be in the book as like a special show. It's, yeah. it's eligible for the show of the year and everything. It's eligible for nice that they showed him respect oh yeah they earned that well i think we can safely say one of the most intense one of the most physical matches we've ever seen and certainly one of the greatest events that we've ever seen on dynamite and here's the winner of the lights out match thunder rosa who is more of a survivor than a winner congratulations and i know you're very emotional about this night i am this means everything for me i mean as you guys know i come from nothing and seven months ago, I came here to make a statement. And that was to put women's wrestling on the map. And tonight, with blood, sweat, and tears, 
I just show you that, that women's wrestling should be valued everywhere. And I'm very, very proud of this. Congratulations on the win. Ladies and gentlemen, Thunder Rosa, the winner of an incredible event, the Lights Out match here tonight on Dynamite. Congratulations again. I know it's a big night. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for believing in me and believing in the Thunder Army. Los amo, los quiero. Arriba, Mexico! Where's Reba? She's coming. She's coming. Reba! Get going right so I get these tacks out of your back and shit. I feel like a lot of them shook out. Like, they did. They did. You got a couple on your back, so. Damn. Yeah, you. What did you just walk through a pack? No, I almost didn't watch that. Meltzer, maybe Meltzer will five stars. It's a five like five stars. Let's okay. fucking do it. I already told you that's my goal. Oh, come on. Oh, wait. Who cares whether it gets a Meltzer rating? Oh, my God. I feel like hell. I'm going to fucking die for a Meltzer five star rating. Mox is going to be so proud. Mox is going to be proud. It seems like one can happen. Oh, yeah. Ow, that one hurt. Don't yeah. push that hurt. I'm not pushing. You okay? I, I, yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I, I'm hurting, but I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Holy shit. They should be proud of that because that was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. They absolutely should. They gained 119,000 viewers when the unsanctioned event started. 59,000 in the 18 to 49 demographic during that time. It was the peak for men in that demographic as well. And at the same time, NXT lost 45,000 viewers. Oh. Yeah, I believe in AEW's entire history since they've been around, this was only the fourth Lights Out match. But this was the first one to ever make it to Dynamite itself. Mm-hmm. The first two were both on AEW Dark. I think actually the first one was on the first AEW Dark. And then the last one was the Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Yeah. Bully Ray talked about this a little bit on Busted Open Radio. I'm going to run that here. They always talk about going over and getting over. I think both women went over and got over last night. There were no losers in last night's match. There was a story being told here. This was a feud between these two. This was an unsanctioned match, so this isn't for a number one contendership for the championship. This was a blow-off to a feud. How many times have we been able to say a blow-off match for a feud where the payoff was as good or better than the story that was being told leading up to that match? I can't say enough good things about what I saw in that main event last night. Deservedly so in the main event. The best match that I've seen so far in this short history of AEW Dynamite. As we know, when it comes to the world of professional wrestling and sports entertainment, it's not the matches we create, it's the moments that we create. Britt has brought so much to the table for AEW. Why did I post a picture of her and Steve Austin? Because that's what it reminded me of. If you're uh, eliciting that kind of emotion in people, to me, you did one hell of a job. And both of those women did one hell of a job. We talk about a lot of these hardcore matches, and sometimes they overdo it. So last night in that match, we saw chairs, we saw ladders, we saw tables, we saw tacks. And the amount of blood that we saw in that match as well, I have to say, I don't think they overdid anything. Everything in that match meant something. They did it in a way that it was another chapter in the story that they were telling last night. They didn't overuse any of that. Those women sold, they registered, they showed me their face, they showed me the pain, the anguish, they showed me the struggle. Everything that a blood feud match is supposed to be, I got last night. And you know what's exciting about it too, Bully? We're talking about Thunder Rosa 
and Britt Baker. Two women that 15, 16 months ago, most of the wrestling community probably didn't even know who they were. Think about that. Because there's a lot of quote-unquote mainstream superstars connected with AEW. But it's Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker that we're talking about is the match of the show. Solid points. And George, like, uh, no, nah, I Can you get on Rosa's nuts, please? I can't say that I agree at all because uh, you're saying that the blood is the thing that people are going to remember. Destin and I went over that match just now. I don't think I used the word blood once. Uh, I think I talked I talked about it one time. Dave LaGreca and Bully Ray just reviewed it. They didn't talk about the blood at all. I didn't even think about the blood. Even in the sequences I showed you, I didn't mention the blood even when they superimposed the zoom in because there was a lot of good work in there, you know? And it's like Brit sloppy and green. Like, which Brit break are you watching? She was willing to have the match. Right. That girl was yeah. willing to get powerbombed onto thumb, thumbtacks, have a ladder kicked into her face, and get driven skull first through a fucking table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure was. And like both those you know, girls earned that shit. There's no secret that Rose is um, the veteran here, you know? Yeah, but we can't act like Brit, like Brit's green. I've seen green. <laughs> Don't you know I'm green? <laughs> Good old green. Roll that beautiful green footage. Write it down. Stupid. Write it down. <laughs> I just threw it in there, but I'm glad I grabbed it. Right. But no, yeah, them, them girls absolutely earned that. That was fantastic. Both of them absolutely showed out. And they were right. This, every single thing they did made you understand to the point where it's like they've been going at it for so long. It had to go to this point. I'm queuing up NXT in case we need any stuff from there, because that's what we're moving to next, folks. And truth be told, I feel like even if they would have went a little bit further with the way this feud has been, it would have made sense for those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't argue yeah, with that. They absolutely knocked it out of the park. They looked really good, Amazing job for both it. of them. They should both. They Nobody will ever be able to take that away from them, because they absolutely stole the show. I think this is the first time the women even main evented a, a Dynamite, so fucking props to the both of them. Congrats, ladies. Looking forward to the future. Moving on to NXT, Austin Theory gets choked out in his match against Dexter Loomis. Jordan Devlin shows up like you predicted with his Cruiserweight title to challenge uh, Legado de Fantasma to see who the yeah, true because, champion um, is going to be. Yeah, because I believe uh, in the week um, leading up to it on NXT UK, Jordan Devlin successfully defended against Trent Seven. Exactly. Uh Sari, am I saying her name right? Sari? Uh, I believe so. Sari is introduced. We'll rise. The landscape is about to change. I'm proud to announce the newest signee to the NXT roster. The Japanese superstar. The warrior of the sun. Sari. They rename all well, they just change the letters, right? Yeah, they changed it to Sare. She used to be yeah, Sare. I, I think it used to be an E on the end of it. Yeah, it was. It was S A R E E. Now it's Sare. They ever have to change something, huh? Uh, every time. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see if he has an argument. I want people to tell me if they agree with George or not as far as uh, whether or not Brit's green. It's not like he's the first person who's called her green, guys. Like, I've heard her called green by people in the industry. Fucking, what's her name? Uh, Medusa said that she was basically handed everything and then sort of just sort of given her spot which we really didn't know who Britt Baker was and when we looked at her credentials here she hadn't done much before mm-hmm. AEW it's, she did good though 
you know the argument yeah, the flip girl, side girl, of that argument girl. is that she did good and not anybody you can't just say that anybody would have been able to do that match with her i call bullshit to that they're not you couldn't have taken any of those other girls and just had them do that match there's no way not with that division you, they, they're barely doing regular matches you know but yeah, we've already moved on to NXT, so... <laughs> Io Shirai calls out Raquel Gonzalez, basically challenges her, looks past Dakota Kai, straight to Raquel Gonzalez. Raquel's focusing on Io Shirai, but uh, Dakota Kai wants her to tag team with her to show that they still have the strength of the division against uh, Io Shirai and... Uh, what the hell? Who's she with? Let's see, Io Shirai. Oh, the girl, his name is... um. Zoe Stark. Right. And she was saying that she didn't really want to do the tag team because she can get Io Shirai whenever she wants, thanks to the contract or whatever. But she was just explaining that the strength of the division is what matters. She's kind of like, I could get with that. You fist bump and it's agreed. Walter returns and he stomps out Champa. Yeah, oh. Walter has also with the travel ban. Devlin did not come alone because it looks like that's next for those two. Um, but then again, I believe one of the uh, one of the guys who's been up and coming in NXT UK named Rampage Brown. He's hunting Walter as well. So yeah, it's going to be a little interesting to see what happens yeah. with him. Yeah. So he returns and uh, yeah. So we pretty much get the leader back here, which is really good for anyone who's wondering how it's possible for him to be in both the UK takeover and the America one. Apparently the UK one's already taped, I guess is what I'm hearing. Yeah. I believe the UK takeovers uh taped pretty early. So. When does that even happen? Um, let me see. It is NXT UK Prelude, I believe. Let me check real quick. Yeah, because it'd be weird to have that taped already. But if it's coming on like this week or something, I guess that would make sense. I have no idea. I'll find out for you. Oh, it looks like it's uh, April 8th. So it's about right around the corner. Gotcha. Makes sense. Then you had this... Uh, What the hell was this shit with Regal showing up? And it's like there was road rage going on here. I'm going to make you think I was you are... He tried to run me off the road. He tried to run me off the road. The fuck? You have lost your They didn't even get it on tape that they tried to run each other off the road. They did it like after that as an aftermath. Yeah. I don't know why, but Yeah. Weird stuff. You got uh Bronson Reed doing his best impersonation of Chris Farley, right? <laughs> Fat guy in a little coat. And a little <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of when I saw this. What an asshole. Let me see if I have that. Do I have that? I like what they're doing with this guy. Like he... I'm trying to find it. I don't know if I have it. So yeah, he just makes a good your... point to like the cops called Regal when that O'Reilly Cole thing happened. Yeah, but it's just weird that that's the direction they went with it where it was like, how did, like you have to give us more information on how that even happened. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. Oh, here we go. <laughs> What's up, Office Nike? How are you doing, sir? How are you doing? Greetings. Thank you for the follow. But yeah, that's what they did. They did a fat guy with a little coat thing. Oh, my God. Incredible. LA Knight looks solid in the ring. You know, he's a definite good worker. I like his work in the ring and his brutality better than I like his promos or wardrobe. Yeah, his... You know? <sighs> I feel like they, I need them to kind of get his promos a little bit more back to how he was with Eli Drake because I can tell they've adjusted it slightly. But yeah, in the ring, the guy's always been great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Really solid. And uh, yeah, that happened. What else do we have after that? Um, 
oh, we actually had the main event, which well, the main I, event. Um, well, you had a Zaya Lee cutscene. Let's not oh, forget oh, about yeah. that. I still think I'm disappointed I didn't get fat guy in a little coat yet. <laughs> there it is. Here we go. Right, he shows up. You notice the coat starts to rip before he even fully puts it on. Ain't that some shit? I watch this. You know, he goes to put it on. Right when he yanks it, whoop, already ripped. It's already, you can see it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick prop. A gimmick prop. But he still gets to do the Chris Farley thing. Fat guy in a little coat. Yeah. Can fat guy in a little coat be screenshot? Yeah. Oh, boy. Write it down just in case I have a brain fart. Maybe it will be a candidate. Oh, my God. When in doubt without fat guy in a little coat? So you get more of the Zia Lee stuff that happened in the show, right? Oh my god, yes. Ooh, it just hit me. I'll do you one better when it comes to that title. Because they used to call him Thick Boy. Thick Boy in a little coat. Thick Boy. Oh boy. So what the hell with the Zia Lee thing now? It just feels like they don't know what to do. So they're having her promo all over the place. I mean, she done killed one of the girls who was coming after her at first. So I guess by time I think we'll see will not be tolerated. Obstacles will be removed. Finally, on to the main event of Oni Larkin and Danny Burch against Finn Balor and Karrion Cross For the tag team titles, which I'm kind of annoyed with this company using tag titles to do feuds. Take us to the finish of this, if you don't mind. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, the finish, um... Balor accidentally shotgun drop kicks or uh, Lorcan into Scarlet, and Cross just decides to fuck up Balor due to the accident, and then Lorcan gets the pin, and they retain the titles. Mm-hmm. That is pretty much it. Because, I mean, now it looks like at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, it's carrying Cross versus Finn Balor for the title. Yeah, it sure is. So, uh, there's a couple problems here. I'm trying to find... The exact spot I want to show you guys. You know what happened, right? Oh, God. Remind me. Let me see if I could find it. Damn it. I hate when, when I lose shit like this. Because I'd rather have it up on the screen so I could explain it to you as I show it to you. Yeah, it had to happen before this. Well, anyway, what were your overall thoughts on this match while I'm, while I'm looking for this here? So, obviously, I mean, I love Lorcan and Birch. They're probably one of my if I had to line up my top ten favorite tag teams in NXT, they're one they're definitely in that list. The only thing that kinda of bothered me, and I think it's what kinda of bothers me whenever they use like a tag title shot as a way to fuel an angle, it's like I know Cross and Balor aren't winning. Right. So it's like I try to enjoy the match, but it makes it a little bit hard because like I'm just waiting to see what happens that causes the inevitable match. But I mean, yeah, the match was all right. I mean, it was, yeah, you do get to see a lot of the the brutality of Karrion Cross here. Yeah, he's you know. gotten not drastically better, but he's definitely gotten better from what I've seen. Like, I'm not cringing watches and matches anymore. Yeah, no, they definitely put something um, together good. He still doesn't come off like the gimmick that they gave him. Like when the lights come on, it's just some strong guy there. But like that whole yeah crazy shit that they try to give him but it just doesn't, and I doesn't still fit the think part it's just too soon for a title shot the only thing they did different from the keith lee thing was that they had him feud with freaking santos for like one match and then moved on to the title shot 
Right. Like, let him climb through there and kind of, like, deal with some guys first. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Did I find it here? I think I might have found it. I'm still looking for because this is really important. I wouldn't waste time unless this was something that, that was, like, and I want to get into it. Some of you guys that are listening probably already know exactly what the hell I'm talking about here. But I want to have it on screen so that we could discuss it. Okay, I could tell it's right here. Let me go back just a little bit here. Sorry, we're live and all that. We all live and shit. Okay, so right here, right? Need to look at something here. I'm actually gonna gonna kill the sound here. We don't need the sound. So he pulls him up, right? And then this guy bumps him and they to to interfere with the slam. I need to look very carefully here. They try to do what is this here? They're trying to do. They're trying to do like a double team slam to him, right? Right. Watch carefully the double team slam here. Look at them both. Look at how they went there. Ooh. Ooh. Look at Danny Birch specifically. I, I need you to keep looking at Danny Birch. Okay. I can't take my eyes off him. Yeah, look at how he lands. Rolls out, gone. That was the end of Danny Birch for that match. Oh, I hope he's okay. He's not. That's why I took long to find this. I wouldn't have done that if this was an I hope he's okay situation. According to F4W Online, he has a separated shoulder. Oh, dude. That's, yeah, that's it for that tight title run. Yeah, there's no, he has to, they're going to have to just give up. There's no way he'll be okay. He has to give up the titles. Like, we don't even need for them to announce. He has a separated shoulder there. So, that sucks. That's the bigger takeaway that I got watching that. Damn, that sucks. Yeah. I didn't ever think they'd be tag team champions, let alone that. It's like, what is it with, whenever right. these guys get in the ring with, with fucking cross, something goes wrong. Wow, she put Danny Boy the part of the... Oh, <laughs> you ass. <laughs> That's now the dreadful. song stuck in my head. Damn it, Stasis. That sucks. In all seriousness, I really think that blows ass, man. Yeah, that's why. That's why I knew I had to find it because uh, and some people didn't know about it. When they're like, "I hope he's okay," I'm like, "Nope, he's not." Unless we would have been looking for that clip, to drive, we would have brought it up. He he apparently got hurt pretty badly there. I kept rewinding it before I even heard the report. I kept rewinding it because I was looking for him. I was like, "Where the where you go?" Like he's not there anymore. I was like, "He's still not there." And then I went back to find out when the last time was I saw him, and I was like, "Oh no, that's the last time I fucking saw him." <laughs> you know, I just watched this going into Raw, by the way, in case anyone was wondering. So, <sighs> Dynamite brought in 768,000 views against NXT's 597,000 views. NXT's still dropping because the week before they had 691,000. They've dropped over 100,000 again, 107,000, something around 106 or 7,000. AEW only dropped about 20,000, about 25,000. So, finally, the last stop in here is Raw, which we'll just do some bullet points on. Last week they did an overnight, uh, of 1.843 million viewers uh, with a 0.55 rating in the 1849 demographic. They're still the king of the demographic. Uh, what was the beginning of, of, of this again? It was McIntyre and Miz. Remind me to begin. I completely blacked out, man. I don't remember who did what or what said what. So I was. No, no, I remember now. The beginning was uh, Lashley and Seamus. Right, right, right. And uh, Seamus is still beat all the hell from last night and they just decided to. You're gonna wrestle the WWE champion, which of course yeah. the finish and no shock, the hurt lock. Mm-hmm. Which one of the stories of this match? Because we can't just keep things nice. Alexander and Benjamin come out, and they're just kind of like interfering in the match. And you can see Lashley gradually getting frustrated because he just wanted to just have this match on his own. 
but of course, um, Lashley goes over the hurt lock after Shelton, no, after Sheamus misses a bro kick, and it's just like, are we really doing the hurt business breakup instead of just letting this thing go? Right, because that's yeah. literally what that's literally what they're going towards. It felt like they were in a rush for the hurt business breakup too, you know, like they just couldn't wait to have the shit. Yeah. I don't know why. I have no idea why. What else relevant happened? You know what the interesting thing about it is? This had- was the same thing that happened in TNA. When Lashley became world champion, that group broke up not long after. And it had MVP in it, right? Yeah. In fact, actually, no, they, that was um when the beatdown clan was starting to form because it was just Kenny King, MVP, and Lashley. Yeah. And Lashley had started to want to do things on his own, and the beatdown clan almost kind of formed almost in result of it. Yeah, you're right. I do remember that. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, I know Oscar had a match against Peyton Royce. Did they skip anything relevant? They had a pretty good showing. Um, I love this submission that Peyton pulled out. It looked almost like a last chance for on her leg. Mm-hmm. That was actually really cool, and it's one of the cool things about um Peyton is the way she's able to arch up on her toes. It really solved the crank of that move. Yeah, very solid stuff. And then we finally get the Rhea debut that you were worried about, where she challenges Asuka for a match at WrestleMania. Because since Charlotte's out, there's room for the thing, which, I mean, this is where it kind of bothered me, the fact that they announced it, because that would have been so much more better if there was just no indication Rhea was showing up. Yeah, they love announcing stuff nowadays, though. Especially because, I mean, we talked about it before. Rhea's entrance music has quite the kick of a start to it. Like, that that music is tailor-made for, oh, shit, I didn't see this coming. There's no crowd to pop, though. Yeah. Uh, Miz goes over Jeff Hardy, and then after his bad bunny bumps him with a guitar, responds to his uh, challenge, and accepts a match at WrestleMania. So we got to the same match we predicted weeks ago. Just took a sloppy route to get there. They're finally actually starting to form the WrestleMania card. Mm -hmm. AJ Styles and Omos wind up challenging the New Day for the tag team champions, and the New Day with British accents at least Woods basically mocks the fact that this isn't even really a team that they're dealing with. We're going to having Kofi in a one-on-one match against AJ that he goes over via SOS, I believe. Yeah, catches him um, out of catches him out of the phenomenal forearm into an SOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riddle's being obnoxious and scooting around Sheamus being a kid and Sheamus takes out Riddle using his own scooter, hitting him in the gut with his damn scooter. Attacking I just him. love how he'd been doing this all night too and it, it fucking makes me laugh every time. Was it even a follow-up match or anything? No, right? No, they. Just, it looks like they're. It looks like they're gonna build that for Mania, like Sheamus and Real for the U.S. title, probably. Oh boy, Cedric and Shelton get screamed on by Lashley and MVP for not being able to beat Drew McIntyre in a handicap match. Yeah, like you because the stipulation for that was if Drew match. won, it's just Lashley and Drew. No, no hurt business Mania. Yeah, so now they're pissed off because the two of them are failure. They're like, oh, I'm gonna take care of this. And, uh, <laughs> He just goes to all the 24-7 title guys and was like, whoever takes out Drew gets the title shot. Henceforth putting a bounty on Drew. In the meantime, Shane's back to his antics with Braun and, and Jackson Riker. They're in the ring. They're freaking... He, oh, apparently, he's also treating freaking uh, this guy like shit. Elias. Yeah, Elias. You know? And he, and, and he basically... They have a song where they're saying Braun is so stupid. His IQ's diluted. And... We wound up having a rematch, which we never needed the first one. There's Braun against fucking Elias, which Braun obviously going over with the running power slam. This leads to Shane versus Braun at WrestleMania. Another match that nobody needs. 
Uh, Randy Orton comes out with a promo discussing about every whole frustrations and how after tonight the bullshit comes to an end. Yes, he says bullshit because this is serious. Bliss shows up with a Pentagon box. It's basically a fiend in the box. She does the whole thing. It pops out. The actual fiend appears. Orton hesitantly reaches into his bag with gasoline because he's ready to commit murder twice. So he's going to cover him with mur- with fucking gas. But then instead he hits him with an RKO out of nowhere. And uh, it actually backfires because the fiend recovers and winds up hitting him with a, with the uh, sister Abigail to go over. And nobody gets caught on fire. And, and they already had the graphic ready because it's Orton versus a fiend at Mania. Is it going to be a fiend? I do, I, doesn't give us... Go ahead. I was like, I do like the, the, the adjustment to Bliss, though, that they have uh, the different eyes. I do like that. I like that she looks that like that. actually is a very, very nice touch because she's going to be a more earlier and mm-hmm. those eyes like pop. Speaking of promos, is it going to be a fiend that doesn't give us any promos going into mania? Even though the guy's good on the mic and every incarnation that he has, you're going to just go into it with a guy who's a zombie. It just seems, it seems like they're, they're going to let bliss, I guess, take the reins on that aspect. Why? <laughs> Who fucking knows? The company. Which I wonder that, why, what was the wonder why the fiend didn't fully recover. He's still charging shit. So. The company that has preached for generations how important the promo is and has held people back for lacking the promo even when they've been elite in skills strip somebody away from a promo that's good at promos for someone who's okay at promos. All right. Okay. I'd rather have Bray Wyatt do a, a fucking promo. I don't need him to be yeah. burnt. This isn't Swamp Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we done here? That's it. All right. Well, thank you. To everybody who put up with Raw and watched a bunch of other wrestling. I wish I could tell you that it would get better, but we'll probably all be long vaccinated before there's any improvement in that universe. I know, that was dark, wasn't it? That's the way to end the show. I even fucked myself for next week because essentially that's going to be what they hear before we open. That being said, thank you to everybody in the chat room live. Willie V2, EB Gamer, good old Stasis Dreams, uh, Sugar Shane, George, Six Slayer, Weekly Planet, aka Ashley, The Mia Show, Office Nike. Also, thank you for the follow, as well as all of you who've been listening over on Facebook Live. Sorry for the technical issues there. And of course, all of you that have been listening across the platforms of iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, as well as the video feeds of Twitch TV and Facebook and everywhere else that I missed. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live. This has been episode 446, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin Soglow Frazier, we're out of here. Remember, who's going to die? Shut it down. <laughs>